back to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny. Johnny, tell me about Bubble Bobble. I just told you about Bubble Bobble. I, you're are, right. You definitely know dragons. more about Bubble Bobble than me is what I will say. I know, like, I think I've made it evident on the show more than I should have that I know more about Bubble Bobble than most people. I mean, that I mean that could be true any day of the week because I know Bubble Bobble exists, but with, within <laughs> the realm of uh, collecting video games. Is Bubble Bobble dead as a series? That's, that's funny that you say, like, no, I know Bubble I Bobble exists. I love Bubble Bobble. We, we could talk about the the rare revision code bubble bobble if we were talking about rare and interesting uh dragon games but we're not we're talking about dinosaur games today because i have a book report to finish and i need this information all right you're just, uh the last bubble bobble game came out in 2019 on switch so i guess bubble bobble is still a thing although it looks like but, it might well, be a download was, exclusive no no there was a couple different physical releases and then a re-release of that one uh because it was bubble bobble four and then Bubble Bobble Four. Oh God, I forget the thing's name. It's like Revenge or something. So, it's, but still Bubble Bobble Four. So there's like a second release. There was special editions, and I think it was like through special reserve. There was a couple of physical releases. It's just it looks like Bubble Bobble with a shitty two and a half D art style. It's got like that two D perspective with three. Would you art not excuse me? What? Excuse me. I do not appreciate your tone. Okay. One. Okay. I'm sorry. You it's like not shitty. One? Okay. Yes. Yeah, you can say I don't enjoy it, no. but please don't uh, throw your value judgments at this thing I enjoy. No, if you're taking a good 2D art style and you think you're making it more modern by making it 3D for no reason, mm. like Mighty Number no. Nine, it, it would look ten times better if it was a 2D game instead of a shitty 3D game. You know what would make Mighty Number no. Nine look better? Not existing. Yeah. If you could just erase it, that would be the best thing you could do for it. This trailer for Bubble Bobble for Friends, it goes, it shows like the shitty, like, oh, here's a game that looks like it costs $10 on mobile. And then it goes to the original Bubble Bobble arcade game, which has like amazing 2D pixel art and like little 2D effects. It looks so much better. I, I don't disagree. Uh, like, but they also have to imp like look like they're making improvements or what have they done? You got to sell it to the kids. I mean, you have to sell it to the kids, but as an adult, I feel like if you making a good 2D art style should be more expensive and take more effort than making a bad 3D art style. So your game is more impressive to me if you have a good 2D art style like Shovel Knight or something. I agree, but that's not uh, it's not what people your game do. looks cheap is what I'm saying. Fuck Bubble Bobble. The series is dead. Can you believe they never made like a real 3D Bubble Bobble, though? What happened there? They're I mean, they have all those. uh bubble pop games thank god they never made a real 3d version that would be terrible but i mean like on like the playstation man there was everything on the playstation because they never they, made a 3d bubble bubble like a pretty big series no, I, I mean bubble bobble kind of went away and then it became the other series well like it went to like rainbow islands but i mean there was like bubble bobble still had cachet they could have released no, a bubble bobble PlayStation it became game. like just the bubble pop game bubble pop what what are you no, talking what, about what is it that with the shooter uh god with the um, shooter Oh, like yeah. Puzzle Bobble, Bust a Move? Yeah, yes. Thank I mean, you. those are different games. I think people but like it that. Features game more, Bob but... and Bob and the characters from. Yeah. Also, but that's what it became because that series became more popular. Did you know that the American release of Bust a Move is called Puzzle Bobble? Because that's the version I played as a kid and I always called it that. And then everyone I had a conversation with called it Bust a Move. And then I realized I thought they were different games. And then I realized, like, no, I'm just the idiot. The only person calling it by the local name 
which I guess there were also a lot of games called Bust a Move in the U.S., but I bought it on PC at Micro Center for 99 cents, uh, and it was called Puzzle Bobble. Okay. I've never seen I've never seen another physical release. I've never seen an arcade cabinet. Never seen anything called Puzzle Bobble here. It's all Bust a Move. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, man, Bust a Move fell right out of my head. I could not think of that fucking name, but I did think of The Baron is Back, which is the other. Bubble Bobble 4 release. It's Bubble Bobble 4 Friends, The Baron is Back. Is that just like a sequel with the same art style that I don't want to look at? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I don't John. even know if it's a true sequel. So, uh, yeah, those are some games we're talking about that have dinosaurs in them, huh? Some, nope. They are dragons. They are bubble dragons. Bubble dragon dinosaurs. I will... I'm going to murder you so dead. Oh my God. That so is dead. so rude. Just for misspeciesing some beloved well, fictional human characters. Yeah. Yeah. That the world we live in today, if you fuck up that, you know, you die. That's how it works now. The punishment is only death. <laughs> okay. All right. Johnny, can you explain why this episode is happening? Is it to commemorate the new Jurassic world movie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, we did it right on time for that. Did we? I I don't even know if there is a new Jurassic World movie. I'm just assuming there will be more Jurassic World movies, so it'll always be the right time. There's a Jurassic World three, um, which was already out. I think like a month ago. Probably why I had the idea for this episode. Honestly, uh, my wife is a big fan of dinosaurs, and so is my son. And uh, dinosaur, look, people love dinosaurs. I don't know what to tell you. People love dinosaurs. They probably had feathers, though, and we're thinking about them all wrong, and they're probably a lot less cool than we thought. uh, Or cooler. You don't know. That might make them... Are they they scarier if they're bird-like, or are they scarier if they're reptilian? I'm going to say they're scarier if they're reptilian. Yeah, I I think that's correct. I mean, mean, there are... I'm not saying birds can't be scary. Like, big birds, still pretty scary, but, I mean, come on. The, the Steven Spielberg's vision of what should terrify us is the correct scariest vision. Yeah. Uh, there are people who are scared of birds, though. There are a, a good swath of people who are uh, avenphobic. I mean, they've got hard little beaks to poke at you. They've got talons to rip at your flesh. Birds are gross. And, birds and are gross. they're gross. You like, love, you wouldn't want to I know pet a bird. you like... Look, you like birds because you're a weird bird person. I'm a bird okay? person. Oh, I got I like like fat little fluffy birds like titmice and things like that. I mean, they're they're so round. They're adorable. Yeah, nope. Birds are horrible. Just kind of in general. Don't like birds. You know what? I'm thinking about picking up a new hobby, Johnny. I think I'm gonna get into bird watching. Just going out with some binoculars and looking at birds. <laughs> I know you're trolling me, but that sounds like the most Tyler. It thing really does, do. doesn't it? I've already got binoculars. I could do it. <laughs> I know. You, you you definitely sound like somebody's dad who was like, oh, yeah, we were down in the Everglades and I took the binoculars and the kids and we had a really excellent time. Can I tell you how many birds we saw? Jason, Jason, come here, son. Tell them how many birds we saw. And Jason is just miserable. Just the look on his face. It's just like we were so close to Disney World and he made me look at birds. He wanted to That's leave. You. you know, he wanted to leave. But then right Right at 5.30, right at the perfect time, golden hour to take the pictures, we saw a golden pheasant, otherwise known as Chrysophysis pictus, obviously. But it was it was beautiful. I had my telephoto lens to get a picture of it. I'm, I'm going to post it on Instagram. You know, bird watchers are weird collectors, too. So they're in our same ilk. Yeah, I 100% agree. Same with uh, train spotters. I think train spotters yeah. are the best. 
there's a weird subgenre of collecting, and uh, that's part of it. But eh, that's not what we're talking about today. Oh, okay. But uh, there, there's some hot takes for you guys. Train spotters and bird watchers are also collectors. Uh, train spotting must be the most fun in the world because while you're going to like go look at rare trains, you're probably taking trains around the country to like go find those trains. So you're like engaging in your hobby to go do more of the hobby. It just sounds like the best. I mean, people do that for planes too, though, right? What, like plane spotting? Yeah. I mean, I ima- I mean, maybe people like would take a plane to go look at rare planes, but I imagine the majority of plane spotting is just like going to the local airport and taking a camera and taking pictures. Like train, it's a lot easier to get around by train and a lot cheaper than by plane. Yeah, train spotting, not just a movie with Ewan McGregor being uh, a heroin addict. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty feel good movie. I think you should, uh, if you're yeah. into trains, you should watch Train Spotting. Yeah, if you want the feel good movie, then then uh, I don't know what else could you go watch. Go watch like Pie and just enjoy. Uh, dinosaurs? Anyways, what? <laughs> yeah, dinosaurs. So. Uh, we're just going to talk, and this is not a definitive list. We've got some mentions that we'll throw out, but, uh, we wanted to talk about five interesting, uh, dinosaur collectibles. Interesting for whatever reasons we picked, but, uh, just five, uh, a quick, a throwback episode, a theme episode. I want to do more of these where we just like lump a, a grouping of games that I find interesting and do it. So I, I picked dinosaurs for this one, probably because Jurassic Park is out. Probably because my son loves dinosaurs. It came out and, like uh, two months ago or something. It's like it's yeah. probably leaving theaters soon. It's it's on it's on iTunes. It's it's dead. We we got over that period. We we're actually we're, we had like this week scheduled where we we're gonna like watch a bunch of movies every night. My wife and I, and then she got COVID, and I had to avoid her. And then my son and I somehow did not get COVID, but she had COVID. So. So I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on the fact that you're planning on watching Jurassic World three. I'm sorry. I, I hope everyone feels better with COVID. Do do you not know what's going to happen in this movie? Like I've no. I haven't seen the Jurassic World movies. I've seen the first three Jurassic Park movies. And Johnny, they reopen the park, dinosaur shenanigans happen, and then there's like some scenes of people running in CG dinosaurs, and then there's a dinosaur battle and they fix it. Like is that not Shall- just every Jurassic World movie? Sure. Uh, and there's also uh, Camp Crustaceous which is a Netflix animated series where some kids in get left on Jurassic park as the Island is being evacuated because the dinosaurs are loose. These kids have to, uh, survive, you know, there all, uh, uh, Lord of the flies kind of no, I mean, not exactly, but they're, they're a bunch of children left in a dangerous situation and they must survive alone on an Island full of fucking dinosaurs. That's a Netflix series for small children. Awesome. I like that idea better than a new fucking Jurassic it's Park movie. Legitimately a better idea than all of the Jurassic Park movies uh, since until Lost they World. Got... <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, literally. Yes. It it it's the second best Jurassic Park theme they've done since the first Jurassic Park, which is excellent. Uh go read the book. Still better than the movie, I think. Uh, but the movie is excellent. It holds up still. The CG still holds up. Uh, I'm guessing that this this show kicks ass because it's less than two years old and it has five seasons. <laughs> five, Damn. yeah. Fifth season just came out though. Season four was a bit of a letdown because oh, no. uh, they, they, I mean, they 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 changed the dynamic of the show, tried to do a different thing, and made it kind of annoying. And I really fell off. And we haven't started season five. Also, my son loves this show. Um, like he went through this period where this is all he wanted to watch and he didn't like really watching anything. And he picked this cause he likes dinosaurs 
And so, yeah, we just kind of got stuck on it. We watched a lot of it. And he's got a lot of dinosaur toys. It is, man. I just... It, like your your son is going to grow up and he's going to be like, oh yeah, my my childhood TV show, Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous, and it's just it's just like a weird. I, I don't he's know. Probably, it seems weird. He's right? probably not. He's probably not though because he was like two, two and young. three during this show, so okay. he's not even going to remember that that was his childhood show. It's going to be one of these shows that we tell him, yo, back when you were three, do you want to know what show you really liked? And he's going to be like, okay, dad, cool, shut up. <laughs> All right, I want yeah. I want to know. Uh, what the kids are growing up with, though. So keep me keep me updated on that media. Yeah, I mean, in, in like three years is like when he'll get like well, in like this two two to three year period is when he's going to get his childhood show because that's when I got like GI Joe and He Man. Like He Man was like five years old for me, like nineteen eighty three, I think, is when He Man hit, and I, that was like a game changer for me. So I'm wondering what his He Man will be. You know, in the series of uh, the world we live in today, He Man could be his He Man. <laughs> yeah i mean you could just force it on him like if kids force their beliefs on or parents force their beliefs on kids all the time just be like yeah all you get is he-man on this plex server and that's it do you you don't understand that i have a whole plex oh yeah no i know that's exactly what you're planning yeah. on doing but he's also got access to netflix and stuff so he could find his own stuff uh w- well not unless i put a password on all of it. whoa but once he gets access to YouTube, he's going to go down like some kind of like far wing uh, radicalization rabbit hole. We're, you're not we are know about. We are so <laughs> off the rails from what this episode is supposed to be. But yeah, absolutely. YouTube is the devil and he already will watch YouTube. And it like everything is. And I, it was funny because I was just talking to Mr. Sib about this. But the fucking coffin dance song. If you don't know what that is, go look it up and go look up the origins. Thanks, Mr. CIB, for the origins of that song. Um, yeah, horrible, but YouTube has like a whole algorithm based on just putting the coffin dance song into videos for kids and then like <laughs> modifying it to cartoons. It's fucking awful. What an awful, awful thing. And kids love it. And I don't understand. And also, it's called the coffin dance song, which is a weird premise. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. We're going to talk about some collectible dinosaur games. Woo! Uh, there better be some uh, some of my childhood TV show, Johnny. Transformers Beast Wars. Not dinosaurs. What? But there Not are dinosaurs in Transformers. <laughs> what? You know, what? Yeah, they, they turn into Optimus Primal and, well, he's a gorilla or something. What? Uh, what's Megatron yeah. in that show? No, there's a whole series. The Dinobots, dude. They, they, there's a whole. They already have them. Grimlock. Do, do you no, not know Grimlock? Fuck, that, fuck regular Transformers. Okay, I know I have my people, and Beast Wars are the yeah, only you, Transformers. No, no. <laughs> Gen One is the only thing. Gen One only. No. Uh, I've literally, I've never. I don't think I've seen an episode of Transformers. I've only seen the movie, and I thought it was cool because they said shit twice. I think. And that's all I know about Transformers. Wait, you have only I'm I'm sorry. What? I think I saw one random episode just because I like the idea of Soundwave. So I saw an episode where like Soundwave was fucking around and like shooting cassettes at people. But Soundwave is awesome. He's my favorite Transformer, actually. I, I mean, out of the little I know about Transformers, Soundwave is my favorite Transformer. But... He, he he shoots a dinosaur, a pterodactyl, if you will. Oh, a pterodactyl. Not no, no, no. We'll get it. Do we need to go? Bringing we'll us go into our later. first game. It is 
uh, what is it? Uh, what was the one with the pterodon? It, it's Jurassic Park. We might as well lead with the Jurassic Park game. Jurassic Park here. Institute Tour Dino Rescue, Johnny? Whoa! What? The only reason I agreed to do this episode? Yeah. So this is an interesting game. This is the hook. This is the hook. So if you've never heard of Jurassic Park Institute Tour, that's because you live in America. So, Tyler, will you tell us what the Jurassic Park Institute Tour is? And then we'll tell you about what Dinosaur Rescue is, the GBA game. So the Institute Tour was a touring, like, educational paleontology exhibition around Japan. Uh, According to the wikis, 50,000 square feet. So it was apparently huge. And if you look for it, there's all these, like, little promotional materials. There's, like, stickers from Wendy's and there's, like, a like a guidebook that you got when you went to the thing. So like there was clearly a bunch of merchandise surrounding this tour, but the most important and coolest thing to us is that there was an exclusive uh, Game Boy Advance game, Johnny. Yeah. So this thing is awesome. One, because it's exclusive and I'd never heard of it and it was wild when I saw it. Uh, And it came out of like this one exclusive event and games like that are always like, pretty cool they have a cool factor to them so yeah we wanted to bring it up and it's just uh, your typical like you know rectangular gba box from japan if you haven't seen them they're different than the american boxes they're longer they're pretty cool they've got an interesting form factor uh, i still think ours is better but th- theirs is an interesting form factor and uh yeah it's called dinosaur rescue and you got it exclusively through them and it's basically just a compilation of mini games, and you can find it for anywhere between, like, you can get a cart for like $4, uh, but you can get it complete in box. If you're very patient and you're on Japanese auction sites like Tyler's, you can get, I don't know, what, $25 to $50, Tyler? Yeah, it seems to be the average. Like, complete in box and new, it doesn't even seem like there's a distinction between them, but like, well, yeah, like 50 bucks, you could probably get a copy. Okay. I mean, and always our, our warning for Japanese stuff, like, They'll say new, and there's no guaranteeing that yeah, it's I mean, new, because there's no seal. Uh, but if you are like on eBay, you're going to pay between 75 to 150 And then there's going to be some with like horrendous $200. Do not, re- really don't pay more than $100 for this game. Like, try to pay less than $100, yeah, people even are though paying, $150. Con- like, there's enough copies in Yahoo auctions sold listings that they will come up again. There seems to be enough copies of this out there. Like, maybe if everyone listens to this and rushes out to buy one, I think there's only one copy on Yahoo right now. So go, like, set a reminder for yourself in six months to go remind yourself to go get this game. Yeah, and there are, like, five on eBay. But, again, also watch out with Japanese stuff on eBay because it'll be the same picture. You know, because there's somebody tr- attempting to sell it multiple times, like multiple people attempting to sell it. Yeah. So you'll see the same picture and then different prices. There's all they're constantly underbidding each other to try and be the one who gets the sale because they're just going to go buy it from Yahoo. Yeah, there's, there's like a bunch of like weird drop shipping accounts. If you go, if basically if you are on eBay and you see a seller selling a Japanese game and you go and look at their other listings and they all have different backgrounds, they don't actually own what they're selling. So don't buy from them. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, yeah, that that's it. Uh, that the, is not it, Johnny. No, there's there's more. a sticker variant. So what? why? I, how? I would how say, in this? How in this exclusive game could there be a variant? I I don't. I mean, it doesn't seem super rare. So apparently, there were uh, at least two different versions I can see. There is 
what is probably the original version, it has, um, it says like Jurassic Park Institute tour and then has Japanese text. And then uh, there's a sticker variant where it says dinosaur rescue. They put a English dinosaur rescue sticker over the Japanese text, which is pretty cool. I don't know why they would do that. They took a, a game box that's already like 90% in English and made it 100% English. But I don't think yeah, it's that's... just that the sticker fell off the copies because it really seems like half the copies have the sticker, half don't. And I'm just going to say it, sticker copies cooler because it's the same thing plus a sticker. Yep. Uh, if you really wanted the other one, you could you could get away from it if uh, you didn't want the sticker version with a little bit of besting. Yep. And then uh, also we saw uh, we saw like a super complete one or maybe this was like a like a, a bag that someone brought home from the the actual no, it exhibition. Looks, it looks like a sealed bag. It looks like a sealed bag. So I'm I'm curious about this. So it was a uh, it's like just a, a it's not even like a Ziploc bag. It's just like a clear plastic bag and it included a copy of the game, a like a what would you call it? Like not, like a playbill. Like 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 a, yeah. a tour manual of the exhibition and like a Burger King toy of a little dinosaur. And it looked like it was something you got all together in one thing. It did, and the little dinosaur, and this is where we got into the fight, and that's why we're talking about pterodons versus pterodactyls, because it includes a pterodon, and Tyler in our notes wrote, includes pterodactyl, and I'm like, no, it's a pterodon, it clearly says pterodon (laughs) on it, too, he just was lazy, he's like, them dinosaurs with wings is pterodactyls, because I never studied a dinosaur in my life, they just big lizards to me, Uh, that's Tyler um, being stupid. Anyways, uh, for for people who don't know, uh, a pterodactyl is smaller. It has teeth. A pterodon is larger. It has no teeth. Okay, that's that's your big difference. Also, they did not exist in the same age. One was from the Jurassic period. One was from the Cretaceous period. All right. Well, thank you for the education. To know more, you could go to your local touring paleontology exhibition. Uh, hey, do you want to know how the the name crustaceous was developed. Absolutely. You want to hear about the French geologist? Well, he was really Belgian who, (laughs) who made it and like what he was studying and how he was talking about how crustaceous is derived from creta, which is the Latin word for chalk. Do you want to hear about that? How interesting that is? Absolutely. And how he was attempting to measure geologic units. And that's how he came up to this, but really most of it is limestone and not actually chalk. There's a whole thing. Man, you geologists are crazy. I'm not getting into it super much. Okay, we're not, we're not getting into it, it turns out. Uh, the only th- other thing I have to say about uh, Jurassic Park Institute tour, Dinosaur Rescue. What seemed like the fully complete package with the baggie, with the Pterodon book, with the Burger King toy, went for like 45 bucks. Like Yes. I mean, right now we're definitely turning on like five people. Five people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I need to go find this game. But like if you are if you are patient enough, like no one's looking for this fucking game. You can get a really cool thing for really cheap. Agree. Yeah, you should you should not race out to go get this. All right. What's our next game, Johnny? Uh, Our next game is going to be Turok Rage Wars. Oh, boring. Everybody already knows about that. But we have to pick it because it seems obvious. Yeah, well, we don't. We didn't pick all the obvious games. We we got a bunch of obvious stuff we didn't pick. Do we want to You're talk right. about the obvious stuff we didn't talk about? Yeah, we'll do the obvious stuff at the end. Okay, but specifically, we want to talk about the gray cart. We're going to talk to you a little bit about Turok Rage Wars, but specifically the gray cart, because that is kind of rare and kind of expensive, but not that rare, and you shouldn't overpay for this thing. 
the thing that, of it being not that rare is I feel like there's probably a somewhat limited market of people who care about like code revision and 64 games. And the thing is, it's super obvious because it came on a different color cartridge. But there are other games in the N64 library, like uh, No Mercy, that had a code revision, almost the exact same thing. It was a bug fix. But people like really didn't care about that for a long time because it wasn't obvious. But because Turek Rage Wars is so obvious, collectors have been after this game for a long time. But basically, the original edition of Turok Rage Wars... There's a co-op stage in the game that you cannot complete. So even if you do the right thing, it says mission failed, or maybe you can't do the right thing. I forget exactly what it was. I'm I'm just going to admit I'm a fake gamer girl here. I've never played this co-op level in Turok Rage Wars on the N64. So uh, if you noticed this and got mad, you, uh, you had to send your cartridge back to a claim, and they would send you back a gray cartridge with the fixed code. And I'm not going to try to describe the PCB, but you can look up what the fixed PCB looks like, or you could probably like actually go and play the game co-op uh, to make sure you have a fixed copy, because uh, simply like transferring a sticker onto a gray cartridge is probably really easy, so this would not be a hard game to fake. Uh, so tell, let's talk about the different backs. What's going on there? Because so, all these have different backs. Yeah, I, I know I'm not going to be able to describe like what a real PCB looks like on a podcast, but I was hoping there would be like uh, a correct number, like the imprint number that's punched into the back of the cartridge that I could tell people to look out for and be like, hey, just make sure like you got that nine on the back. And then, you know, you're probably good with a real cartridge. I There's like there's first of all, there's a lot of copies on eBay. There's like 10 copies on eBay and all, all of them are overpriced, but like. In my mind, this was, like, rare. Like, what's going on, guys? All of them have different back codes. Like, I don't think a single one I saw that I could make out was the same as any other. So either they were just using whatever cartridges they had available, or there's a lot of fakes. I don't know which one, so definitely be careful with this one. Yeah, this is a real buyer beware. Yeah, and, uh, uh, you know, it's worth, like, 300 bucks, which, I mean, considering it's 2022 and it's N64 and people love N64, I guess that's not that bad. There's two copies on eBay sold right now. Both of them went for a little over 300 That That's not too bad. And another thing I thought of, you know, even not the gray cart, uh, there is a set of games out there of games that are impossible to complete, and I think that's an interesting set. And even though this is just, like, the co-op mode... Uh, some other games I could think of, uh, Squidge on ZX Spectrum, widely considered to be the worst ZX Spectrum game because it was it was programmed and released. And if you uh, you can't play the game unless you literally go into the code and fix a bug because the game literally like, breaks on the first screen. And then also Bubble Bobble Revolution on the Nintendo DS. I remember uh, you can't beat that game. They had to release a new version of the game because the original Dash print one. of that game. Yeah, you cannot win the game. Bubble Bobble Revolution. That would be, uh, you hey, know, maybe that's an what? episode. Those Johnny. are dragons. Still dragons, not dinosaurs. Those are dragons. We need to do a, a clickbait episode on games that you can't uh, actually beat. Yeah. Good episode. Yeah. Games so hard, you uh, these <laughs> games are they so hard they can't be beaten? And then question we, mark, uh, question mark, question mark. I tried yeah. to beat Bubble Bobble Revolution and this happened. Yeah, <laughs> shock face. Yeah, gross. Get your YouTube face Game on. Game over. Uh, also, uh, I've got some other theories about uh, why this isn't as hot, uh, as a collectible as it could be. Uh, one, black carts are cooler. 
I think like the standard gray, like gray is the standard for most of the carts on the N64. So having the black cart is cooler, I think anyways. Yeah, sure. This is a revision that's like cool, but like aesthetically black cart cooler because it, it presents a different, not cool for uniformity if that's what you want. Um, but yeah, anyways, I think the black cart is a, got a cooler look. Any, any opinions on that? I, you know, I wish color cards just didn't exist in N64. I think the, so on like a console, like the Wii, like the Nintendo games got different color things. And it's like, all right, fine. My Mario Kart is in a red case or something. But like the games on N64, it'll be like, you know, all-star baseball or whatever. And it's just like some random shit that's colored. So I don't like it. Like army men. Cool. It's green, I guess. That's cool. Right. right? Yeah. If it was just like the Zelda and Pokemon games, I'd be like, all right, it's kind of cool. But like Turok, I don't need my Turok in a colored cartridge. Yeah. So, and there's a bunch in black, but like, uh, like it breaks your uniformity because there's, but yeah. there's also like a gray and a black version of Turok 2. I don't know. I think Turok 1 is just gray. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I'm just mentioning, we're just mentioning that on Turok 2 because both copies of Turok 2 are equally worthless. Uh, it just has a color variant. The later production copies are gray. Uh, it actually cost the manufacturer a tiny bit more to produce a colored cartridge. And that's why only some of them did it. Yeah, uh, uh, and I, I got one last fun fact about this game. Oh, are are you ready? Yeah, Canadian variant alert! Oh, of the gray cartridge. Uh, yeah, gray cartridge. Uh, it's a sticker on the box. It says for use in Canada only. These don't pop up that often. They're pretty hard to find, and that's not something that was common. Like, there's a couple games that get the sticker. Uh, like you, and it's a thing Nintendo does occasionally. I'm not sure what the impetus is aside from being from Canada, but like when one gets called out uh, specifically, like with a sticker, rather than when Nintendo just decided to do like mass printing for. Uh, Canada, but this one has a little Canadian flag sticker on it. And there's a couple N64 games that have that. Another one, like GameCube, if you uh, uh, go look at a, oh my god, just lost Eternal Darkness, there it is. There's one that has like the little uh, Canadian flag on it as well. And so this is this is just the Canadian version, though. This isn't like a, a fixed copy kind of thing. Uh, no, no, not nothing like that. I, you know, I don't know what the revision history is for the Canadian one, if it even got one. Uh, but this one, and it's only on the box, I think, that you can tell. It just has the sticker on it. All right. Neat. I didn't know about that. I'm happy we got a Canadian variant alert here. Yep. You know, going back to your thing where you're saying, like, $300, like, maybe, like it's, like, kind of on the bubble of, like, being rare. It's, it's not, like, the rarest thing in the world. I feel like Turok... Having four games on the Nintendo 64, that's like, N64 has less than 300 games and four of them are Turok games. And Turok, I feel like, is definitely like kind of a B-list franchise on N64. Like, I don't think the Turok games are bad from what I've played of it. I've played both single and multiplayer Turok. And like, they're fine FPSs, like for what you're going to get on an N64. Did we need four Turok games on the N64? I don't know. I don't think it's that beloved to where the point, like, like Mega Man, you understand why there's six fucking Mega Mans on NES. So yeah, I, I mean, one, I, w I would argue that that was too many Mega Man. Yeah, but looking back, it's awesome, right? Because you never run out of games to play. That that's also over almost 700 games or more than, depending on how you count. Uh, go listen to our list episode to see how to mess up a list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something I find infuriating about the Turok series, and we touched on it briefly. Uh, for the N64, is the color matching? Is that the that yeah that the first one only comes in gray, the rest all come in black, except Turok Two, which you can find a gray variant. 
Uh, Turok Rage Wars, obviously, you can find a gray variant, but Turok 3 is black unless you get the PAL copy, which is great. Like, could you, we have just, like, unified this? Like, uh, why did we need all this? I guess maybe they're, like, I, I keep seeing, like, an NTSC-like gray one, but I don't know if that's fake or not. There's probably fake copies. Wait, of which one? Of Turok 3 in gray. Oh, so, I'm not uh, sure on that one, actually. I just, like, I... I don't need that kind of variation in my life. We like just get out of here. Yeah, I agree. Get, the PAL get version is stop them. Yeah. Or just use just use the same color. Like if you wanted to be like if if Turok was like oh we did all of ours only in black or like a special color like then that makes it more interesting. But like when you've got the same color as just like a ram, random MLB game, who cares? And you know what I, I I'm okay with the idea that like the first the first run of copies they wanted to do black to make it cool and then they're just like all right we're gonna stop paying the extra ten cents per cartridge because now only the poor people are buying it. Sure, uh, but and that would be like a fine delineation, but I don't think that's what happened here. All right. Um, Anyways, do well, we, you know speaking of the Turok cartridge, I'm, we're not gonna get off Turok. Oh, uh, okay. I think that the limited run games re-release of Turok and Turok Two is up there for the ugliest box art of all time. And Ooh. I don't know if you've seen this, so it's full box art zoomed in on the Turok and Turok Two cartridge. The Turok Two cartridge is the gray variant, and it's just like a weirdly zoomed in and cropped, just one cartridge laying on top of the other. And I think it's the worst. Okay, um, so they have they have switch boxes that are just like the Turok arts, foily Turok arts. So there's those, and then it, there is there's a combo pack, right? Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one you're talking about. I think it's the oh, one. yeah, that's actually like pretty egregiously bad, honestly. Uh, just I just had to get our limited run games dig in for the episode. Yeah, I mean that. That is real. Like, what is going on there? It's not it's even super, like, if you like didn't why is know it so what an big? I, I realize everyone buying that knows what an N64 game looks like, but if you didn't know, you couldn't even identify that as two game cartridges. And and just so you know, the uh, cart that you get in there is like a weird red for Turok One. <laughs> oh, are those actual re-releases of N64 games? I think that's just uh, like a bronze fake cartridge, and you get this. Is that game. is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's oh commemorative metal retro cartridge. Yeah, that's uh, come on, come on. I, I, you know, if it was the N sixty four game, I'd probably own that stupid Turok release. I mean, they did a few of like. I mean, they've done a few. They've done like um, I think more Game Boy Color stuff, right? And Game Boy. They've done Game Boy Color. They've done uh, what was that game that was supposed to be an N sixty four game? Ukulele. Ukulele was not supposed to be an N64 game. What are you smoking? Wasn't it? They released it in like the N64 style packaging. That game was made in like the 2010s. I I thought it was uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I I thought it or maybe it was from an N64. I thought like an initial development or something. I mean, it's a me. spiritual sequel to the Banjo Kazooie series. I don't is think that, it is was, that what it is. It was based on like Banjo Three E. Like design. I don't know. It's well, it's got some t- look. I, I didn't do. I didn't prepare my research for ukulele. Okay, <laughs> you're the well, one who brought. Not, <laughs> I just we brought no. We brought up like some games that they did that had N sixty four cards, and that's like one of the ones they did. All right. Okay, that's it. That's all I was trying to bring up, and you're like, oh no, you oh, don't know Johnny. your uh, your ukulele lore. John, no, you're I, talking I, to the biggest Banjo-Kazooie fan on the show. I've played the first game and not the second game, even though it's one of my favorite games ever. Oh, yeah? Did you play it on the PlayStation? What are you talking about? 
I don't banjo kazooie. I'm lying to Tyler. You have the worst jokes. You just I like know. know how to get stonewalled, Johnny. Uh, yes, I, I understand. I understand. I can't permeate your your unlaughing facade. <sighs> do you want to talk I, about another like, dinosaur game? <laughs> I I do. Can we talk about uh, some of the best dinosaur games ever made? And by that I mean pinball. Oh, you want to talk about some pinball games? Do you want to talk about, want to talk about pinball, pinball pinball or just video pinball? Let's talk about pinball pinball, and oh. then we'll we'll go to video pinball last. Um, all right, I googled uh, first dinosaur game ever, knowing I was going to Whoa. get the wrong answer, Johnny. Yeah, and I found absolutely very first result is an IGN article called something like "The Complete History of Dinosaur Games." And seeing it was from IGN and it was the complete history, I'm like, wow, this is definitely going to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> they said the first dinosaur game was Gottlieb Caveman, an actual pinball machine that came out in 1982. Um, and I know that's uh, wrong because 3D Monster Maze, a game where a T-Rex chases you around a maze, came out in 1981. And I bet that's hey, not the first dinosaur game. Shout out to our Halloween episode last year where we talked about Monster Maze and Halloween episodes coming soon. Yeah. All right. Um, but you know what? I, I saw this article. I'm like, you know what? Gottlieb Caveman, even if it's not the first dinosaur game, that's a pretty interesting game. So it's a uh, a pinball video game hybrid, which is something they were trying in like this year of 1982. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this doesn't work. So there was this. Uh, Baby Pac-Man, uh, Granny and the Gators. There might have been like one or two more. Um, but basically, you just play pinball, and then at a certain time in the game, you like shoot it into a saucer. It holds your ball, and there's a joystick in the middle of the cabinet, and you start playing a video game. And for Caveman, the there's a CRT embedded into the back of the playfield, and you're just playing like a shitty maze game. Just imagine Pac-Man, and then I at imagine. some point when you die in the game, it brings you back into pinball. And uh, they made 1,800 of these, which is to say that is not very many um, because it's a terrible concept. It's not fun to play. Uh, I You'll see them at shows. You'll see uh, Baby Pac-Man a lot more. Baby Pac-Man, very similar idea, but you play Pac-Man instead of a, a shitty dinosaur-themed Pac-Man ripoff. And really, that's all I got to say. It's like 2000 bucks, and I would say if you're buying a pinball machine or an arcade game, you should buy one that is good at not the thing it's trying to do, not something that's bad at both of them. Yeah, that that's a big pass for me. Do yeah. not buy that. Yeah, uh, it came out the same year as Gottlieb Haunted House, one of the most beloved pinball machines of all time. You should yep. buy that instead. And that's a Halloween theme, so there you oh, go. Oh, man, the backlash on that is so good. Oh, my Save God, Haunted House God. is an absolute so classic. Such a good game. God, so fucking good. So good. Johnny, do you want to talk about some fake pinball for, for people who don't want to spend $2,000 on a bad pinball machine? Nope, I want to talk about people who do want to spend $2,000 on... Oh, or at least 150 on Trespasser. Oh, well, okay. So we're skipping over our other pinball game. All right, fine. Um, if you asked me, Johnny, to name the most collectible dinosaur game, the first game that would actually come to my mind is Trespasser The Lost World Jurassic Park. And you know what? Now that I'm saying that out loud, I realize like Dino Park Tycoon is probably the correct answer. Um, but Trespasser is... is it? Is it the what? most collectible? 
Like, what are you? How, I mean, I don't know. The def- most expensive, the one that like most people most think expensive. of and think is worth yeah. thousands of dollars, would probably be. I don't think anyone really thinks of Dino Park Cart uh, Tycoon except for you, Stefan, uh, VG Collectaholic, and like a few other people who listen to this podcast. I Aside mean, from you guys, no one is thinking about Dino Park Tycoon. It's the it's kind of the king of the 3DO set. Whether or not it's the rarest 3DO game, it's like the one that people think of. So in game collecting, like no, it's no, not it's, it's not just like a rare uncommon game. It's like the Look, top game of a set. No, I feel like that is no. Yeah, it's the one 3DO people think of. Yeah. All seven of you. But like, also not... nobody thinks of like specific big box PC games. I'm gonna tell you what. Well, no, but people do think of games like Dino Crisis. So you're gonna say Dino Crisis is more collectible than Trespasser or Dino yes. Tycoon? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because people have heard of that. Like Dino Crisis is a big game. Also fits in the survival horror genre. It was big on the PS One. So yeah, I'm gonna say Dino Crisis. Uh, not m- necessarily more interesting, uh, and not something I wanted to put on this list because I could have. But if we're asking for examples uh, as a, re- a rebuttal, then yeah. Okay. But anyways, go on. Dino go on. Crisis. Well, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to. Disp- I'm not disparaging Trespasser because I think that's interesting. Because I think Jurassic Park is a huge franchise and it's got a bunch of games that people. Uh, we could have done all Jurassic Park games, and like people would not have heard of them. And Trespassers probably one they missed, and I think it's interesting to talk about. So tell us about it. Okay, so that's the crazy thing. So um, I don't even have written down when Trespasser came out, but it was like 1997 or something, right? 1998. There must have been like fucking 10 Jurassic Park games that came out in 1998. This was like in the deluge of like Jurassic Park garbage coming to every platform. Um, but this was also developed by DreamWorks. And made by and published by EA. Yeah, it was uh, it was made by X Looking Glass Studios, guys. Uh, Seamus Blackley is the one I know, and I don't know why I know that name or why I thought I knew that name, but uh, he's a guy. He worked on uh, Ultima Underworld and System Shock. He's like a physicist, though. He uh, he makes video game physics systems. He worked on like flight simulators as well. So, Trespasser, the Lost World, Jurassic Park. I don't know why I'm saying the full name that nobody says. It's a first person shooter adventure game kind of hybrid it's not they didn't want to make quake they're really ambitious the guys who made this game so they had a really big ambition they wanted to make something new and exciting because honestly 1998 like we're getting close to the most exciting point in first person shooter history and they didn't want to make quake they didn't want to make i mean if they made half-life they probably would have done a lot better they wanted a game with dinosaurs that had like ai routines like different levels of hunger and aggression and they would all like go about their day like a normal day which is a lot different than i see the protagonist i'm gonna shoot them and then they wanted a whole physics engine they wanted destructible environments they didn't want to have just uh a gun that appears in the bottom middle of the screen and is like a static image you have a freaking wibbly wobbly arm (laughs) that goes around and picks up items like the gun and like when you move your uh when you move the perspective the gun like drags a little bit behind cuz there's physics on the arm it's fucking wild and it doesn't work every fps you play on uh, you play from this era is built on like a super solid engine like the half-life source engine or the unreal engine and this is just a complete clusterfuck where they wanted to do something totally new and they didn't have the time or budget to make it happen which makes it one an absolute clusterfuck and two, a super cult classic because it's something completely unique. It's a PC exclusive and it kind of never went anywhere. It's not something that's on every console. It's 
is something that was released in 1998 and then they failed and probably went on to make seven more Jurassic Park games. Yeah, and that's interesting too. Well, one, it came out after Lost World, which was also kind of a failure because that movie was just like not great. I bet um, that movie made many millions of dollars. Oh, absolutely. But I like I, definitely not a failure in the terms of uh, finances where, where it clearly did fine. But, you know, it's uh, wasn't a great movie. And then this game, you're right, though. It's weird that it was in an era where they were definitely getting FPSs right. And then they managed to not. I mean, yeah, they could have made an Unreal Tournament style game, but I feel like it would just it would get just as forgotten. I feel like it's remembered because it tried to do something new. If you go look at footage of the game, this is going to be a lofty comparison. The game I might think of first when I see it because of the way like boxes are flying around with physics is like Half-Life 2. And man, this game is not Half-Life 2. But for being six years before Half-Life 2, or Half-Life 2 being like a groundbreaking physics game, uh, is is pretty impressive. And an absolute clusterfuck. And there is an active modding community. And I don't mean like, it could be, maybe it's one guy like posting updates, but like, what's the website? Trescom.org. T-R-E-S-C-O-M.org. There's a Jurassic Park Trespasser blog post update for some new content for the game, like, every month or two for a game that like no over 20 years old like people are still playing this piece of shit busted game like new levels new hd remakes and and mods it is it's crazy how much people love this game it you know it's also crazy to me that there's this whole like genre based on dinosaurs and then a sub genre based on dinosaur fps's because this is not the only this is the second dinosaur fps on our list I know it's and uh, so there's like one that that's we it's not collectible because it was a mobile game. But did you ever hear of Dino Crisis, uh, Dungeon <laughs> and Chaos by Capcom? Oh, I thought you were just gonna say Dino Crisis again. No, I've never no, heard of no. it. Dino Crisis Dungeon and Chaos uh, is a mobile game that was like an FPS uh, as well, but like um, more looked more like Doom than. I imagine well, this sounds like a cell phone game almost. Was this like yes, an actual like yes. iOS Android game? No, no, no. It was a cell phone game. Okay, okay. It was like this is like 2004 or something or 2000. I mean, yeah. between yeah, I think 2004. I'm looking now. 2003. Man, so as someone who was playing some of those cell phone games, you had like a game that looked like Doom in 2005 on my cell phone. I was all there for it. Cause I mean, I was also way into FPS back then. So the idea of even playing a mobile game that is an FPS was just so mind blowing to me. And, like, just to give people an idea, too, like, I know you're thinking, however many dinosaur games you're trying to think of right now, there are more than that. There are so many dinosaur games. I c- we could have literally done 50 collectible dinosaur games here. Could we? If we just wanted to do a listicle. Yes, there are so many. I mean, well, when you do those listicles that are big like that, they're not necessarily coll- collectible. They just exist, right? That, what they really mean by, hey, 50 collectible games, like all those articles or YouTube videos, it's more like 50 dinosaur games that exist. But there are a ton. Think of like every game that you could put into as a dinosaur game. And we'll save that. From when we talk about our, our mentions list, because we'll go over a bunch of those, and along a lot of them are franchises. Think about how many Jurassic Park games are. How many would you say? At least fifteen of them, at least. 
I mean, yeah, there's probably way more than that, right? I, I'm, I'm talking about individual games that don't count that, like, on these two systems, they are actually different games like okay, yeah. uh, of the same title. Like, we're not even talking about, like, Jurassic Park Operation Genesis on the Xbox or the PS2, which is, which are expensive and, like, considered collectible, because I just didn't want to put another Jurassic Park game on the list. Or, or Jurassic Park 2, uh, what is it, Jurassic Park 2 for... Game Boy, the PAL version, uh, the the Chaos Continues or something. I think yeah. that's what it's called. The PAL version is like pretty expensive and kind of hard to find. I mean, any of the Game Boy games are kind of collectible and also hard to find CIBs. So, like, we could we could extend this list out just with Jurassic Park games a whole lot. So yeah, Trespasser is the coolest one. I'm just saying because a lot of them are multi-platform. I think the the 3DO one, that's an exclusive adventure game too. That's a pretty cool one. I'm all about the exclusives, Johnny. If it's on two platforms, throw it in the trash. <laughs> Look, uh I I kind of want the Jurassic Park for the 3DO cuz it's exclusive. Yeah. It, yeah. So if it's an exclusive and it's like kind of hard to play and like there's no remakes and there's just like no easy way to play it and it's like not on Steam. Oh yeah. Give me that on my shelf. That's the stuff I, I want, which is exactly well, I, what Trespasser is. I mean, people should also understand by now. I like big franchises, like uh, big noticeable pop culture franchises like Jurassic Park. If you give me a game that's also an exclusive, sign me up. Like, aside from Halloween games, that's like my second favorite thing to buy. All right, Johnny, going into how much this game is going to cost you, I don't know. There are no complete in box American copies on eBay or on eBay solds. There's not even like a pie in the sky buy it now right now. Uh, that's uh that's not true uh are you serious PCM, yeah uh there are you the sure they're not european came, copies uh well i'm not sure about that but i'm talking about the the one that came in the shitty dvd case uh okay we're, which we're was like <laughs> the budget release version copies here yeah i know but i'm i'm letting people know that there are like that shitty budget release they did where they just put put a dvd case out so but there is a big box release, which is your point, which is hard to find. And the problem is that all the big boxes you see on eBay are all the European versions. So, yes, that's at least what I looked at. I think that that uh, that DVD case one, that's European, too. That's a, a British re-release. Is it? But um, an English complete in box copy, a pretty nice one, sold for $220. There was a sealed American copy that was put up for buy it now, $150. I probably saw it like two afters after it was listed and it had already sold. Uh, I don't know why people put buy it now as an auctions, but holy shit, would I have bought that? Um, and then there's like four or five other copies uh, around eBay, but I think they're all European and they're all in like the, the $100 to $200 range, which is probably where I would guess a complete in box American copy would fall. Also, I think Dan Gomez wants this game and I don't think he has it yet. So uh, go, uh, I mean, Christmas gift idea for Dan Gomez. I'm just saying. Okay. What a employee and and head researcher Dan Gomez. If anyone, uh, what a what an important man now. <laughs> yeah, way too cool for us. He now. definitely is. But you know uh, what? I have trespasser and he doesn't. So who's okay, who's winning yeah. collecting now? So you've you've got your you've got your nice copy of uh, trespasser. Uh, I sure do. Oh, yeah. Also, I guess we should mention the uh, if you just want the jewel case, those are super available for like 40 bucks. But don't buy PC games in just a jewel case. I realize it's not it's not like buying a disc only game, but I mean, it's a PC game. It's basically the same as buying a disc only game. Ooh, is that is that a hot take? 
I don't know. Mm. I mean, I it's so weird that like I can look at a PlayStation game and be like, oh yeah, there's the game. And then I look at a jewel case PC game and I'm like, this disgusting piece of trash. Who would own this? When, you know, I like have so similar, much cheaper I have and more similar thoughts. I uh, like I have the same thoughts because my wife was like, oh, you know, she's like, uh, she's telling me, she's like, oh, we have Warhammer. I'm like, really? She's like, and then she brings me out this jewel case. I'm like, no, this is not. This is, I understand that the game is in there, dear, but this is not. This is not Warhammer. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. But yeah, all right, take us out with the the game people have been waiting for, Johnny. Yeah, they they've made so, it through all these less interesting games like uh, the Jurassic Park Institute tour, some Japanese game no one's ever heard of that's super interesting. But let's let's tell them something even better. Uh, no, th- this is not better, but this is one you've heard of, and I wanted to come back to something a little more relatable. And we didn't do Dino Crisis, which we definitely could have done, but we did Dino Land for the Sega Genesis. And why? Because people love to collect renovation games, but this one is excellent because it's two things, Tyler. It's a video pinball. You love pinball. So this is uh, right in your wheelhouse, right? You no. Love this game? I mean, there are video pinball games I like, but Dino Land is not one of them. Okay. So, yeah. Dino Land is a video pinball. It's available on the Sega Genesis. It's also available on the Sharp X68000. Whoa! I didn't know that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I didn't put in... A couple facts, because I wanted to make this more interesting for Tower, because he was so bored with me. It's only Genesis and X-16000? What the fuck? That's so weird. Yeah, well, Android, you could get it on Android if you really wanted it. But, you know, uh, look, and it is hard to find on the X-16000, so you're you're not going to find it. But people love the renovation games, was really my point for this. Um, And the best part about this is, like, every time you think about a renovation game on the Genesis, like... People love collecting that. It's the Taito uh, of the Sega Genesis, and people go hard at those. And this one's like a, a game you can get complete for like 40 or $50. In the world where prices have exploded, Dino Land is still just like a $50 game that you can go get and has like cute bar- box art and it says renovation on it. Like, what more do you want? And it's not in your standard like Genesis Black Grid or or Red Box. It's in like a colorful, colorful green box with uh, like a kind of a full art frame. It, so, it yeah. sure it's it's really weird that it doesn't even look like a pinball game. Like you would have it zero you would not clue guess this is a pinball game unless you no. If you did, if you had not looked at this, you would definitely. There's nothing about this that says pinball at all. Um, the sharp, the sharp uh, X. 68,000 um cover is even like more different because they don't really look like there's clearly some pterodons there and i say they're pterodons because they don't have teeth in this art um so that's your big difference they did not animate them but like they are hardly even look like dinosaurs uh and they they don't really on the renovation cover either but they made them even like less i don't know it's a it's a cute chibi little pinball game for you if you're interested renovation cheap that that's my main point cheap renovation game how, how often do you get those it, i just think collecting renovation is weird because it's like a publisher and i realize i know people like it's like it's like being a fan of a24 movies and like i am a fan of a24 movies but they don't make movies they're a distributor so it's weird to be like yes 
I agree with the taste of this distributor, but they're not making their shit. Like it's it's a wolf team game. Okay. And so, also, uh, man, renovation. Not every one of those is a banger. Just saying. No, not every. I mean, you got your Jennifer Capriotis. Um, just fine game. Would you have preferred Tom Mason's Dinosaurs for Hire? Everybody says Dinosaurs for Hire, but I wanted to do a list check for you and let people know that it's Tom Mason's Dinosaur for Hire, which is from the Malibu comic, if you didn't know, because Malibu was a (laughs) popular-ish, using that term very lightly, in the 90s. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm working on on my Game Boy list. Uh, We're going to get all of those Tom Mason's in there to make sure. Yeah, so th- this is a, it's a favorite when they like hide their like little sub name like did we need to call this tom mason's dinosaurs for hire was that making it any cooler like tom mason was like people need to know that i did this and now maybe 20 years later maybe he wishes his name wasn't on it oh so um, hold- maybe he's <laughs> not let me let me bring us off topic for a second johnny can you sure. bring up um championship pool for the game boy sure and let's look at the box Oh, you know what? You could bring up NES. Uh, you could probably bring up any copy of Championship Pool. And I'm sorry. Is that game called Championship Pool? Uh oh, I see what you mean. Um, the Billiard Congress of America presents champion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, man. The Billiard Congress of America presents Championship. Uh, hold on. Pool. Can I just stop you right there? Yes. The Billiard Congress. The fuck? The Billiard Congress. Yes. I've got I've got another bonus here though. So I don't the like it, if something only appears on the box art and like not on the manual or like within the manual when it refers to itself, I'll be like, all right, that doesn't really count as part of the title of the game. On the NES and Game Boy version, the title screen says Championship Pool. On the Genesis version, it's the Billiard Congress of America presents Championship Pool. So it, does the Genesis version have a different name? Yeah, uh, and then do you want to know that the PAL version does not have the Billiard Congress of America presents well, on I the mean, box? Why would I mean Europeans are are very picky about their pool congresses? Why would they want to know that the American I, Billiard? I Congress? understand that. I mean that's garbage. I understand that, but that like desirable. we don't we wouldn't take that off the rugby games because we wouldn't release their rugby games. <laughs> That's, I that's, can think that's, of that's one joke, rugby Tyler. game. You found the joke. You got it. Oh my god! Shut up! You're ah, on, we're canceling your jokes. You can't make jokes. I can't. They, I, they're not traditional jokes in the way. I, it, I'm just. <laughs> I'm making. I'm making like a like. Hey, the rugby games that we bring over, we don't bring over. But we do. Games. If there yes, were no know, rugby that's... games, it would be a better joke. But the fact that I can think of a rugby game makes it a worse you joke. A, you also thought about. That the Billiard Congress of America pre- presents championship pool is an issue. It is. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I don't dis. Look, you're a weirdo. I don't disagree with you. And you're right. It should be called the Billiard Congress of America. I think, but the title screen doesn't. We all know my stance on lists. Like four titles at least. Four titles. What's the preferred title? Uh, I know. So the thing is, I want to. I want just the main title. I, I always have alternate titles, but like, what's the main one going to be for this? And I went for my Game Boy list. I went with Championship Pool because if you look in the manual and you look at the title screen, it's all just Championship Pool. It's yeah. But the guy I feel like when it gets to the Genesis and probably that. the SNES version, I think they start using Billiard Congress of America presents a little bit more in those. Um, Dude, so, uh, 
Let's talk about break time since we're just talking about pool games, all right? <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you think the title of break time is? Uh, let me bring it up. Uh, is that that's on NES? Yeah. Yeah. This this is one of the hardest games to beat on NES, or am I thinking of Championship Pool? Anyway, uh, break time, the National Pool Tour. There it is. All right. No one calls it that though. Oh man, fix your lists. What are you guys doing? It's the National Pool Tour. Look at the title screen. It says in huge letters. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I think the joke about this podcast is going to become every episode of this podcast is a fixture list po- episode. <laughs> like, why did we even bother making a whole episode of yeah, the NES like, list? Oh, like, oh, uh, is that the one where they try to fix your list? Oh, that's every episode. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, man. Oh, I was going to mention, uh, just because we haven't mentioned Joe Leo on the episode yet. Uh, I don't even know if uh, if he likes being called Joe. I, I, I've been talking to Joe for so long, and I don't know if I'm supposed to call him Joseph. He is coming up with a system for determining if a game is different enough to be considered a different game. So he wants to solve the Contra Probotector problem. Um, and it's not I, a problem. They're different games. It's true. He wants to come up with an objective kind of grading scale to determine if two games should be considered the different different games. I cannot wait for him to come up with this, and I want to break it with all the weirdest edge cases. I'm I'm really excited for that. I can't. Yeah, uh, but you don't let uh, you don't let exceptions make all of your rules. But if I can come up with like the whole point of a system to determine this thing should be that it covers all the exceptions because it's a system to basically weed out exceptional cases, right? And I mean, he can make the system better, but I can't wait to break the system, so he has to make it better. Okay. Uh, you, saw, you are the fun police. Well, how is it the fun police? I want to make it better by finding weird, dumb things that only like weird collectors think about. No, like no, not even no. like a regular collector would be like, oh yeah, I'm getting break time. I'm putting it on my list. You have to be a pretty yeah. weird collector to be like, is it break time or is it break time the world pool tour or whatever? Yeah, I I know. <laughs> I mean, but that's what this podcast is about, right? If you're a fan of this podcast, that's what you want to get into the weeds about dumb shit like this. That's you're you should be here for this. If you aren't here for this, <laughs> then I mean there's like ten other podcasts, I think, for you, but this this is where the weirdos go. Uh, all right, yes. join us. Uh if you want to be with all the weirdos, I'm gonna plug the Patreon right now. You can find us. Uh, on our Discord, which you get access to by joining our Patreon, which you can do for as little as two or as much as six, but don't do that. Join at the $4 spot because uh, that gets you the bonus content. Or if you just want the Discord, it's $2 and you can find that on patreon.com slash collectors quest. Okay, plug over. Um, so we were talking about before we got off on this, uh, all your lists are bad and especially your list that contain ga- games about pool uh, being super bad. We were talking about all these dinosaur games, and I was telling you that there are a ton of dinosaur games, and you're like, are there really that many? So I'm going to just, let's go through our mentions and think about how big these series are, and this is just like some of them. This isn't even all of them, and think about how many games that they have in their series and how we could easily get to 50. Okay. All right? First one, I'm just going to throw it out, Bonk. Oh, I know people were like screaming like, I can't believe they didn't talk about Bonk because that's more about a caveman, but there are dinosaurs in it. And I know they don't exist together, but that's, that's not my fault. Okay. This is the game that don't, don't get to yeah, me. We about had God leave caveman on our list. So yeah. All right. So, uh, Bonk radical Rex. I know everyone's like, man, you didn't talk about radical Rex. We talk about it we a lot. We always talk about radical Rex. You don't have a that's sticker. That- you need to unsubscribe from the podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, it's just the way it is. 
So what else you got on here? You have 3D Dinosaur Adventure. I'm I'm just I was gonna bring that up. Just it's my childhood game. I didn't play Oregon Trail. I played 3D Dinosaur Adventure. It's just an educational kids game. Um, because guess what? In 1993, dinosaurs were really cool for some reason, Johnny. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I don't know what happened in 1993. That, uh, uh, was there like I don't know. Jurassic Park. We also didn't talk about color dinosaur game. You know why we didn't talk about it? Because it's not a game. See the last episode. Boom. Uh, oh, oh gotcha. did you know that Tommy Tallarico did the music for color dinosaur, Johnny? I didn't. But it Wait, makes sense. That's he, like the one trivia fact about that game. Yeah. So w- there's a whole animated movie called We're Back, which got a bunch of games, which isn't on our list here. Mm, hmm. It's true. There's uh, a. Di- there- Whoop. Go ahead. There's a Falcom game that's just called Dinosaur. It's oh, a, it's an RPG with like a bunch of like anthropomorphic furry guys on the front. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, in terms of like a video game box, I think it looks pretty cool. It comes with a lot of shit, but it's just a random Japanese RPG that no one will ever play or care about. So you can get it for like 20 bucks though. I've so, got my uh, copy of Falcom Dinosaur. Of course you do. What about Star Fox Star Fox Adventures? You were arguing that this isn't a dinosaur game, but it's isn't literally that, a dinosaur me, game no, that you, got Star Fox pasted on top of it. You tell me why it's a dinosaur game. Because it's a dinosaur game that got Star Fox pasted on top of it. Hmm. There's there's dinosaur stuff. Dinosaur. It's a dinosaur okay. game. So there's a whole Joe and Mac franchise that we could throw on here as well. Oh yeah. Forgot about them. Uh, some very collectible re-releases of the Joe and Mac series. Yeah, you can hear you definitely can get the, like the special blue card, right? Yeah, where we can. T- yeah, well, only if you buy the console. It's a console I know. exclusive. Oof. It's got to be pretty yeah. rare. Uh, we could talk about Evo, where you evolve into a dinosaur. Mm. Yeah. Didn't think about uh, that one, did you? We could talk about uh, Super Mario World, the standalone release. The the first appearance of Yoshi as like a dinosaur that you can ride that actually matters that isn't a stupid puzzle game. Oh, Actually, is Super Mario World the first appearance of Yoshi in general? Or did he have those stupid puzzle games in NES first? I don't... N- well, no, because there's a Yoshi game... On uh, the NES, right? Yeah, Yoshi. but NES, it, like, it went three years I know, into the SNES I lifespan. Know, so. I, I don't know that. That's why I'm trying to figure out the, the release date of that. All right, so Yoshi came out in late 1991. So Super Mario World in Japan came out in 1990. So I think Super Mario World is actually the first appearance of Yoshi, okay. which makes a lot of sense, honestly. I mean, why would he have a yeah. stupid puzzle spinoff first? Right. Um, there, There are how many Yoshi games? How many Yoshi games are there? I mean, in this, the modern era of like Yoshi's Wooly World, Yoshi's Crafted World. Yes. Touching. Every game know, that features Yoshi. 20? Super Mario World 2 features all the baby Yoshis. Uh, I mean, kind of Yoshi's first title game. Can we, can we talk about the weird naming conventions of Mario real quick? Because nope. I mean, everyone talks about Mario brothers uh, mario being mario mario and luigi mario but also all yoshis are yoshi does yoshi have an individual name or is it are we just like calling him cat like all all cats are cat like what's happening i forgot uh, what game it was it might have been a smash brothers game but like it would the actual names of the yoshi are their color so like black yoshi's name is black yoshi oh my god so racist i don't know if that (laughs) that probably means something right i don't know they got huh. colors. Pink Yoshi is Pink Yoshi. But, it means but something. Multiple, they're they're but individual characters is what I'm saying. Maybe Pink Yoshi has a distinct personality from Green Yoshi, who so I'm sure are, is uh, just called Yoshi. So I don't know about the lore here. Are, 
<laughs> is there only one blue Yoshi and only one pink Yoshi? Have you ever seen multiple of them on the same I have screen? Not, but also Yoshi isn't called green Yoshi. So is he, is he Yoshi prime? I mean, he's the original and then he's all the Yoshi others prime. are clones. I don't know. Someone's going to have to like- if, You know what? There have been, if this isn't touched on in the Mario and Luigi games, then I can't believe that they're missing the joke, right? It seems like something they would make uh, unnecessary world building in. Because they like poking jokes in those Mario and Luigi games. Those games are. I mean, and Yoshi, like, is a prominent carrier character that's going to be in the Super Mario worlds at uh, the Universal Parks, which are uh, it's open in Japan and opening in Southern California soon, and then soon in Florida as well. So that's going to be exciting. Video game theme parks. Are you ready? I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, they're going to have exclusive Nintendo merchandise and stuff. Like, I'm going to want to go there to they get are, like, like some Now is the time Nintendo to be going shit. to Universal and be buying their Super Mario stuff while it's not, like, released yet. Because now there's going to be, like, pre-park. So Ooh. we're going to have all these pre-park stuff, right? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, man. It isn't, but that's how I would market it if I was trying to sell people on eBay, which I which will be happening in a year from now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, but like, is any of that, that shit's probably, can you buy something from Galaxy's Edge and sell it for a markup? Yes. Wow. They were selling the Sprite and Coke bottles that you got there because they were shaped like thermal detonators at a premium. Oh my God. See, I don't know. I'm not like a theme park person. Like I like roller coasters, but I'm not into like the whole theming kind of stuff. Like it's fine. I'll go to it, but I'm not like going to go back every year kind of thing. So I don't know if I would get into like collecting all the park tchotchkes because I don't, what are they going to have that would interest me as a video game collector? Like they have an exclusive switch game. Like, holy fuck. Am I there for that? But Uh, other than that, like I'm going to get like what a Mario themed cup or like a collectible mushroom plushie. There was, I think, a book, a Harry Potter book that had like a Wizarding World stamp on it. Can you imagine if they have Mario games with like Universal stamps they, on them? They must. They they must have some kind of video game that is exclusive to the park, even if it's just a variant. Because there's so many weirdos like us that would buy that. Like, not even I'm, like you don't have to be a weirdo to buy it. There are casual video game collectors who would see that and be like, "Whoa, it's the." Park. We would be buy- you and I would both be buying it instantly. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, if it's a um, Nintendo game, I'm not going to buy some third party yeah. game, but well, of course it's going to be a Nintendo game. It, of course it's going to be a Nintendo. I don't game. know. Like, 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 I don't. It's Nintendo what, World. Like, bro. what if it's like a Camelot software game? Like, how what, would they get the license to Mario? The, the, I, like, I'm saying, what if it's like Mario Tennis Aces? Like, I wouldn't buy it that. Still wouldn't ma- you would still buy it. You would still buy it. Mario Tennis Aces. I would buy Mario Golf Super Rush. I wouldn't buy Mario Tennis. Aces. Did you buy Mario Hotel? Oh fuck yeah! There you go. That, that's I. You know what? I'm I'm a I'm a traditional video game collector, Johnny, who has been at this for a long time, and that means a certain thing. It means I look down upon sports games. Okay. And I think we're gonna get into a future episode where we talk about what the fuck video game collectors think about genres, and it's a little bit weird, I think. Yeah. But well, I'm not also- changing my opinion of sports games. And I don't need them. Also, like, just a tangent into that real quick. I, I, I don't understand what's happening in the world today where now Madden games have a certain cachet. Uh, I know the world has changed and I didn't move on with it when people are like, oh, no, Madden games. And they, like, talk about how collectible they are. And in my world, all Madden games are garbage. Um, 
You know, I've played like one Madden game in my life. It was Madden. It's, it's not about the quality of the game. Fun, so. It's not about the quality of the game because I had the the Madden, uh, the first John Madden on Super Nintendo, and I loved that game. But I only had three games, so like you, you play what you love, and I just sat there and played the 49ers, and it was you know it was great. I but uh, from a collector perspective, you know, we're talking like 2004. You're like, oh my god, all these Madden trash games, get out of here. Yeah, and I, mean, I think a lot of it is one comes out every year and the type of people who play Madden games, they ditch their old copies and just buy the new copy. Whereas the type yes. of person who buys an RPG is like, wow, I just invested 80 hours in this game. I'm keeping it on my shelf forever. Yeah. But, uh, so but basically all the Madden games are just football RPGs and they invest way more time than that. Yeah, they invest all that time, but then they throw it out the second the new one comes out, which doesn't happen with RPGs. But but see, but now they aren't throwing them out as much. What I'm saying is now you got a lot of people grading them and enshrining them in WADA and VGA cases, which I think is weird because I'm used to throw that garbage away and get the new one. I mean, yeah, I I agree. It's weird, but they're also they're going for a different market. And I think that's interesting. So uh, John Hopper the guy who runs the video game investing podcast, or maybe he changed the name to power players. He is, he graded a bunch of like big box. Like I'm just, I'm just going to, it's bullshit. <laughs> like, like uh Jordan versus bird, uh, like early copies of Madden, uh, or just like even um, I'm sure he has the first cover appearance of LeBron James in the NBA 2k series, whatever, you know, whatever game that was, but he's going to a sports convention and he's going to try to sell it to sports card people. And if you're used to the sports card world, like uh, $12 for a sealed copy of like the first NBA 2K with LeBron James. If they, if you show them a graded copy and it's $200 or something, they might not even blink because there are so many sports cards that are in the hundreds of dollars era. They'll just be like, oh, that would be a neat thing to own as like a side thing in my collection. So maybe the sports people are geniuses, is what I'm saying, Johnny. Maybe. And you should encourage it because. If the if the high end pivots away from like games that matter to Madden games, that is kind of the best case scenario because everyone can exist in peace and harmony because no video game collector is going to care about Madden games. Hmm. Are you sure? I'm not saying no, but you know what? Joan Bone likes Madden games. I'm not going to say no video game collector cares about Madden games, but it is a, a very niche specialty in terms of if you're collecting video games and actually care about sports games. What are we talking about? Is this a dinosaur episode? Yeah, this is a dinosaur episode. We'll <laughs> talk a lot about not dinosaurs. Um, but I'm, uh, we were also just going through lists. There are a lot of dinosaur games. A lot, a lot. So many dinosaur games. Like you, Dinosaur King on the 3D on, on the DS. There's like all the weird dinosaur games on the DS. Um, but I'm going to go just, we had a couple more. Uh, Dino Park Tycoon we touched on. Flintstones, those would be dinosaur games, right? If you're sure. if you're making the big list, Tokyo Jungle, one of your favorites. I've Want never played it, you? but okay. Yep, one of your favorites. I think we- it's going to be one of the most beloved PS3 exclusives. Okay. Um, and the last characters you unlock in that game are dinosaurs. Um, I mean, also, uh, you've got Dino Stalkers on the PlayStation 2, right? All the Dino Crisis games, which there's like, what, three? Maybe four? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, what else? Uh, yeah, there are a lot of games with dinosaurs. Home Improvement on Super Nintendo. Uh, the first level is a dinosaur themed level. Uh, did Counts I say we're, dinosaur game? The animated series were back. All those games came out, which is on multiple systems. Uh, um, what why, else? why are we just listing dinosaur? What, uh, Dino Wars with a Z dinosaur game, probably. No, no, don't it. talk about that one yet. That's the last on the list for a reason. You have Cadillacs and dinosaurs, what? magical dinosaur tour. <laughs> Wait, what? 
<laughs> Did you write that down on, somewhere? Yes, it's on oh the list. Oh my third. god, Dino Wars. Okay. Yes, I have it last on the list for a reason. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the last thing. I, anyways, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaur games. Magical Dinosaur Tour for the TurboGrafx CD. All the like, Godzilla games are dinosaur games. Oh, the hot hot take. <laughs> is dino, is Godzilla a dinosaur? What's what? Are, what is the definition of a dinosaur? Uh, you tell me. I'm asking you. Is it a dinosaur? Since oh, so I would say if there's there's only one Godzilla, but there's not. Godzilla is clearly bred because there's uh, Godzilla Junior too. Um. Mm-hmm. So yes, Godzilla's a dinosaur. Like, cause you look at you look at a crocodile, and in some sense, you're like, I mean, yeah, that's a dinosaur, right? So Godzilla's a dinosaur. Disagree. He the I I looked it up before the show. He's, he's li- from he's like a, he's three hundred million he, years ago. He's like literally he's lizard, from the era of dinosaurs. But he's a lizard. Lizards aren't yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, lizard. What is the crocodile is like a lizard? Hey, look, but if we're saying that dinosaurs might have feathers, they're, then they're not reptilian, therefore Godzilla not a dinosaur. No, I mean, the media the media perception of dinosaurs is incorrect, but we still understand that Jurassic Park dinosaurs are dinosaurs, and Godzilla's a dinosaur, even now, though they should have feathers. I'm going to ask Google right now, is Godzilla... Oh man, I, I I typed is Godzilla and a dinosaur is the first thing that popped up. Oh, for me it was is Godzilla a girl was the first thing that popped up. Oh, I, I guess. Oh, oh, what is the what's the thing that uh, Google's recommending to you right now? What kind of dinosaur is Godzilla? That's Did maybe said. this get addressed in the 1991 film Godzilla versus King Ghidorah? Maybe did it. <laughs> According Godzilla to the 1991 mutated- film Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, Godzilla is actually a mutated, unique species of dinosaur called Godzillasaurus. Okay. Godzilla's Whoa! a dinosaur. Boom. Man, we could have opened our whole list to all these Godzilla games. Still telling me my list isn't 50 games yet, asshole? You're helping no, prove my Literally, point. no one said that. There is no feedback for this episode. Everybody skipped it. Yeah. No, you. I'm talking to you. You're like we couldn't have no, fifty. You couldn't do fifty collectible games. When did I say that? You are gas- literally this is the the second time this today. You're gaslighting me. No, I don't like this because this time it's recorded. Someone can go back and find it. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, all right. Can we can we end this thing? Talk about whatever you want to say about Dino Wars. Okay, I just wanted to say there there's more dinosaur games out there than people are giving credit for. There's a like a Wonder Book one for the PS3. There's the whole hey Disney's dinosaur. Ice Age movies. There's a lot of fucking dinosaur games. And not to mention Land Before Time, which has a whole slew of stupid dinosaur games. So <laughs> on multiple Ice Age systems. movie games you think of? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Very collectible. Well, it's uh, Dawn of the Dinosaurs is Ice Age 3. Um, I mean, there's probably dinosaurs in the first Ice Age games. And, you know, I think that the first released Ice Age game is a pretty big uh, DreamWorks collectible, if you ask me. I think people are really going to be looking for that one. Just like the first Shrek game. Hmm. Should invest in the first sealed Shrek game. Look, uh, there's a whole Shrek episode we haven't done. Okay. And I want people to understand there are a lot of expensive Shrek games out there. A lot of them. Weird, rare, hard to find Shrek stuff. Why does it exist? I don't know. Maybe because everyone loves the memes. Maybe because Shrek (laughs) was so goddamn popular (laughs) that it's crazy. Shrek is weird. What, Uh, What can I tell you? 
Um, Man, anyways, looking, that can we do that as our next theme episode? Because that's like another one that I would actually be interested in. Because I think there is some cool Shrek stuff. Yeah, we can. I actually have a list already pre-done. So okay, yeah, perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can. There, do the we Shrek we got episode. Gen X people listening to this show, and they're like, I I'm I'm done with Collector's Quest. They're gonna anyways. make a Shrek episode. So the last game I wanted to mention was Dino Wars, and why did I want to mention that, Tyler? Last. Because it has robotic dinosaurs, so it has some kind of tangential link to Transformers Beast Wars. No, uh, almost. Oh. You almost got there. It has a link back to Bubble Bobble, which talked uh, where we talked about how the creator wanted to make them what metal dinosaurs with horns, and then they what what was it metal they wanted oh, robot to make metal, dinosaurs ra- robot dinosaurs ah. and this is robot dinosaurs. So I'm bookending them. We've done it. There's your there's your listicle of dinosaur games. Great. Enjoy. Perfect. Um, I'm going to say Dino Wars, I think, is a game because of its very, very stupid title with a Z. It probably doesn't get the credit it's due. I don't think it's like amazing, but like it's an NES platformer and people like those. And no one ever talks about Dino Wars. No, no one um, ever does. And I people agree. call every piece of bullet. People call like Deadly Towers a hidden gem. Like no one dead. Dino Wars might as well not exist. I don't know why. Because of its stupid name. It, it's got the Z, uh, which it's is the Z. which is one of my premier collecting items. I love finding games with an unnecessary Z in them to focus on. Uh, Coming to you out next to you. week on Collector's Quest. Games shout out to Peaceful. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. I love a Z in there. Anyways, check out Dino Wars. Not not actually a terrible game. Um, anyways, we, we did it. We, we talked a lot about dinosaurs. There's a lot of dinosaur games. And I know when people were thinking collectible dinosaur games, they probably expected a lot of the stuff we did on the listicle rather than our five collectible games. Anyways. I mean, I you I know like there's some aspect of like the most basic information is the most useful to people. Like someone who wants to know about collectible dinosaur games, really what they need to know about is is something like Dino Park Tycoon and Operation Genesis. But because, like, they're so disgust to me, it's just, it's so boring if we just had an episode about those games. I, I agree. And that's why we do weird stuff. And that's, that's why we exist, Tyler. Because we don't why do we just exist. Because we're not fucking YouTube clickbait. We're our own kind of clickbait. Yeah. Uh, now, if we want to really get into, uh, you know, Go Diego, perhaps. Do, do you know Go Diego? Uh, the Door of the Explorer for older kids, of course. Yeah. So there's the Great Dinosaur Rescue. Uh, for mm. the PS2, if you want to get into it, I'm sorry. I, it's Nickelodeon's Go Diego Go. <laughs> <laughs> There's my joke. That's it, folks. <laughs> gotcha. All right. All right. We're done with dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, I just I'm going to go pick up in. a collector's question, Johnny. How about that? All right. Please do. Um. Oh wait, no, it's not collector's questions. It's ask the podcast. Collector's questions. <laughs> Stop responding in this Discord thread, everyone. It's supposed to be questions for us, not for you. Uh, Red the Game Shark asks, people ask, why is Tyler? But does anyone ask, how is Tyler? And because of the way you phrased that question. Oh, well, yes. Johnny did just ask me that. I think he asked me it every every episode. Every every episode I ask, how is Tyler? Uh, But how are you, Man, there's a lot of Tyler questions. I'm just going to (laughs) skip If you could, all right, Zeno asks a real question. If you could own any two arcade cabinets, what would they be? I have an easy answer because I pretty much already lived this life. 
All right. Um, have we answered this before? Go on. Oh, have we? All right. I would get the most modern pump it up uh, cabinet. Pump it up is uh, a dance game like DDR, if anyone doesn't know, but it has five arrows instead of four arrows. They're at the corners and the center. And uh, I play doubles, so I play on both platforms. So there's 10 arrows instead of eight arrows, and it makes the dancing feel so much more natural. Um, super good game. And then the other one would be Outrun 2, which in a weird way, like it is such a kind of generic choice. I think Outrun 2, like maybe the best arcade game ever made. It's the perfect game to either sit down for five minutes or just like play an hour and grind out times. I love Outrun 2. I know why we talked about this, because we talked about how you what you did wrong in your collecting life. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I went to the arcade auction when I should have yeah. just literally bought those two games and yeah. not all the bullshit I bought instead. Um, so for me, there's not like an art, like I would just have like some nostalgia cabinets, like and my answer on this, like changes. It depends if it's for play, if it's for play, like really, I just want a super fancy meme cabinet. Like if I want the arcade experience, but I'm also a console kid. I like, it's not that I didn't go into arcades and pump quarters into machines, but I love consoles. I loved my Nintendo. Also the idea like I was a value kid as well. So the idea that I was going to spend like $6 and then waste it in an arcade was hard for me to comprehend. I would rather be given $6, save it and save it five times and then go buy a used video game, like for my console. That's how my brain works. Okay. So it's not that I didn't enjoy arcade experiences, not like, but like a main cabinet to me would be the experience that I would be looking for if I just wanted to have arcades, but I would want like one of the fancy main ones uh, you know, with, with a trackball and with a gun and everything. So it would have to be like uh, a fancy, nice one. If we're talking about games I loved and like more nostalgia ones, I would want a Star Wars cockpit because it's Star Wars and that's cool. And then um, like an NBA jam would be like a fun one just to have because people like when people come over, you can play NBA jam. NBA jam's an awesome game. And then um, possibly if I were not doing the main cabinet, um, Oh man, I just I lost the name of this game. It just fell out of my brain, Tyler. It's gone. Uh, wow, Tron Deadly Discs Environmental Cabinet. Oh man, that cabinet's cool. No, that that's... I know there's three people who know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That game's got bass. Um, it is the game where you shoot aliens, Tower. Uh Space Invasion. You know what? You know what it is? It's Satan's Hollow, isn't it, Johnny? It's not it's not Satan's Hollow. It's the one where you have a gun and it's a, it's a modern like rail shooter. Or modernish from 1990, aliens. 1999. Oh my is god! Is it the Star Wars Voyager arcade game? No, it's this like one of the biggest arcade games. Oh my god! One of the Why biggest arcade Area 51. Thank like, you. What? There it is. Area 51. Why? Jesus Area 51 Christ. sucks. You do not want that cabinet. Uh, I played. So I shot 100 percent on Area 51 through the whole game. Okay. That's my that's my claim to fame. I beat it you can on play one it on pl- PlayStation. I mean, I, it's probably not as good, but no, Area 51 but we're, is not a good game, so it doesn't but matter. But we're talking about nostalgia experiences. So it wouldn't I even know. be something I ever played because I've agreed that I will never play it again because there's no experience I can replicate for what I did. So I got it early on the sh- early in the shotgun in the beginning. Uh, so in like the first two, like 20 seconds, you can get the shotgun in that game. And if you get the shotgun, it becomes very hard to miss, especially if you've played the game, because they're just pop-outs, right? If you Once you memorize all the patterns, which I did, I got through shooting 100%, one quarter, I don't ever need to play that game ever again. And then even went into alien mode, but I died, but didn't get all the way through alien mode, made it like to the end without 
uh, getting a death. But still, don't like. There's just no reason for me to ever play it again. But it would be a trophy. All right, I understand. Um, I'm just gonna give g- uh, generic advice to anyone who's actually in the market for an arcade game. If you can continue in an arcade game, like if you could put a quarter in and continue it, you do not want to own that game. Uh, because then the temptation comes comes you're gonna get home you're gonna just continue your way through the whole game and then once you beat it there's no fun and like yes you could try to motivate yourself to beat it on one quarter but a lot of those games that have continues were basically not designed to allow you to beat it on one quarter unless you're like a super expert and like you're one of these people who goes through games trying to break them to the point where you can build break uh beat them on one quarter but it'll be so much more fun to have a game from the 80s like Satan's Hollow where the idea is to get a high score on one quarter rather than to beat the game on one quarter. And uh, that's just Yeah, your advice and my my counter advice to that is buy an experience that you can do with someone else like an NBA jam, uh like a like, gauntlet. You know, some like because the experience the, the truth, is going to the arcade. Like arcades still exist, just no, do that. Don't buy a whole arcade. It depends game what your that. experience is like uh like if you were really into a Street Fighter like get a street fighter cabinet like and you and your friends like to battle just on a cabinet then like that's fine there's so many arcade one up cabinets now that exist that like feed this exact idea um but i would just say find one that you can experience and uh enjoy with friends and like don't you don't you have like some golf game that you you nope. get you're like a weirdo like golden tea like yeah, yeah but see for me the experience of like golden tea or a gauntlet game is so easy to go out to a barcade and play those games in like the actual loud rowdy buying beers environment that i'm talking want about to your privilege them. what you live in like california don't tell me there's no barcades out there there's none in my city that's sad i'm sorry johnny yeah. um you should start one i hear it's really easy to start a bar especially now yeah super um, useful all right. I also don't drink, so not super useful for me. To- uh, it'll be really funny if you owned a bar then. Yeah, I mean, talk about never getting into my own product. Anyways. Uh, anyway, uh, oh, Joe Leo answered this question, uh, and he said, a low serial number red Donkey Kong cabinet, which would be one of the ones converted from a radar scope. Uh, yeah, probably the most collectible arcade game of all time, is what I would say for that. Okay, uh, cool. No one wants to... Anyway, do we have another question? We went long. Um, which con- uh, VG Collectaholic asks, which conventions, gaming or otherwise, have you been to? And what are your favorites, Johnny? Um, well, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. So that one's fun because we have people that we know that go to those. Before that, it was, oh man, what was the name of it? It was like the video game classic convention or classic video game collection. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was this one... That was uh, in Las Vegas. It wound up being in Vegas for a couple of years. I think it was down here in Los Angeles and then went to Vegas. And then there was like a couple of local events that I, I like. Um, but yeah, Portland's my favorite, though. Um, there, there's stuff in, some stuff in SoCal that I haven't really been to enough to, to give a favorite moniker of. I, I really want to go to the Midwestern Video Game and Classic. I hope to get to that next year. Hello, Wisconsin. Um, maybe I can, maybe I can convince Tyler to, uh, do that one, but would we have to skip Portland if we did that one? I literally, I wouldn't skip Portland for anything and not like, I mean, just, I don't think there would be another convention focused on what I like, like Portland. Uh, coming from I, a guy who's been up and down the East coast and man, there's nothing as good as Portland retro gaming expo on the East coast. 
Maybe too but, many games. I haven't been to too many games. Yeah. So I yeah, I haven't been to too many games, but that's always in like Arizona, right? Too many in games August. is in like New Jersey or something. Oh, is that too what's the one no, it's game on in Arizona. Game on in Arizona in August. Like, hey guys, I, I don't understand people who do this. They're like, let's put our hottest thing in like at the hottest time of the year, let's put a convention. No thanks. Like maybe because you're Arizona, maybe host it in like February, like on, a, along a four day weekend when people can go there and then not like die of heat stroke. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Like you have the ability to do that. Like not everywhere, like Minnesota, you can't be like, hey, come to Minnesota. It's February. Like, hey, you know, use your stuff. But everybody can go anywhere in the summer. Blah. I'm sure people have not like conventions in certain places for a reason. Like they live there and they're organizing it. I I understand. I I get it, but I'm just I'm just they could they are organizing it. They live there, but they could also not ho- host it during the hottest month of the year. Right? I'm sure there's a fucking reason. <laughs> they probably so? do a lot of research into when the most people can attend and when they will make the most money. Probably. Probably. I think there's I just, a convention well, season that they they have to align but with like as well. Portland, Portland does theirs in October. They were going to move it to the summer. So what, what's your counter argument there? I don't know. Maybe people plan their trips around October for some Again, reason. Again, so we're not they dealing with the, re- we're not dealing with the realities of it. We're talking about our hypothetical interpretations of when it would be best for us. I'll go whenever. And th- they, they know they're convention organizers. Their whole job is to figure out when they can get a bunch of people into a building. <laughs> so also, um, I mean, they, a lot of them aren't, they're just usually people who just made this convention and then got stuck with it. And they're like, oh my God, now it's a thing and we have to keep going. Uh, I think that's more of what happens, but, uh, isn't uh, Midwestern gaming classic in like March in the mid, like, I know they call it Midwest gaming classic, but isn't that like really the North? I mean, I guess Midwest, but it's is it the West? Midwest, it's like, is it really, I know it's called the Midwest, but isn't it's it like, literally in like Wisconsin, isn't it? It, yeah, it's in Wisconsin. Yeah, um, but it's the fucking is Midwest. That, is that the Midwest? I thought that's like the northern United States. Do you not know what the Midwest is? The Midwest isn't like Louisiana. I it's, I understand. I just described middle. where where it is. I, I mean, know it's, it's not. It's the on north, a great lake. The north is the north of the Civil War. That's why it's not called the North. I'm just saying the northern, the the central northern. What are you talking about? (laughs) The central north uh, of the United States. Anyway, I'm sure I would love Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, I'm just saying West seems like it's not really West. Is it just because it's West of the Mississippi? They probably came up with the name Midwest before the West existed, Johnny. That was probably how when like that, Kansas was the West. How would that even be possible? How would that? How would they think of the term Midwest before the West existed? Please, so, like please the West continue. was probably like Kansas, and then the Midwest was like I don't know Wisconsin, Ohio. But you would need a West for there to be said. Yeah, a if Midwest. the West was Kansas, that's the West. The Midwest was invented in the 19th century to describe states off. of the old Northwest Ordinance, a term that became outdated as the nation spread to the Pacific Coast. And this is why all of your lists are bad, even for areas. Just stop it. Stop with your directional namings. Uh, Dumb. <laughs> sure. Yes. So the people in the 1800s, it was the Midwest to them. That's why we call it the Midwest. Okay. Anyway, I've been to uh, PAX East and PAX Prime. Uh, like This is like almost 10 years ago now. But um, 
yeah, PAX Prime definitely better than PAX East, as you would probably expect. PAX is fun, but very focused on modern stuff. Like, you really have to be super excited about, like, playing previews of games that are about to come out, because, man, that's what your ticket price is going for. Big fancy booths set up for, like, the games coming out in six months. Uh, MAGFest is the best. Over time, it feels like it has morphed from very gaming-focused to generic anime convention. And I realize, I don't know if MAGFest... I think MAGFest happened during the pandemic, at least once. I haven't been to MAGFest in, like, three years. If you're going to MAGFest, you really have to go there for the concerts because there's like concerts basically 24-7. That's the awesome part of MAGFest. Vendor floor MAGFest, absolute garbage, just generic convention trash. Um, I've been to like local stuff. There was uh, there's one in Durham, uh, like the saddest little gaming convention I've ever been to. Uh, Genericon in Troy, New York, another sad small convention. I mean, there has to be appeal to these local game conventions, but... If you give me a convention where, like, a thousand people show up, it just, it feels sad to me. Because, like, it is so easy to go to something like PAX, something like PRGE. Um, so when you make a convention, like, if there's no big draw, like, if you if you make an arcade with 400 games, people are going to show up to your fucking convention. But if you make an arcade that has six games, and it's just, like, the cheapest convention center in Raleigh that you could find... I don't like those conventions, is what I'm saying. I've been to Games Day, which is the Games Workshop Warhammer convention. Uh, I never really played Warhammer. I was just into painting the figures. Even as someone who didn't play the games and was just into miniatures in general, man, Games Day was a good time. Uh, Southern Fried Game Room Expo, a really big pinball convention in Georgia. I was excited that there was a, a retro-themed game convention coming to the Southeast United States. Not really a big place for, like, console games. It's really focused on the arcade and pinball stuff. So, I mean, a lot of fun if you're into that, but uh, I was basically only there for the pinball tournament. Uh, what am I forgetting, Johnny? Uh, you're forgetting the Megabit Game Expo, which happens in my hometown, Simi Valley, where, hey, our co-host, uh, Stefan, will be featuring the art of Nintendo Power Collection. Ooh, thanks. Good plug. And then... um. The best pinball convention of all time, Replay FX, uh, was put on by, uh, is it Papa, or was it someone else? Oh, I don't know. That, like, because there used to be one at the uh, video game history, or the pinball uh, museum in, Cal- in Banning, California. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's a Arcade Expo. That got shut down, too. So Replay FX was the Replay Foundation, which got shut down during the pandemic, and I understand, like, the uh, the Arcade Expo collection was insane as well. Like, over a thousand pinball machines, I think. Mm-hmm. The Replay Foundation, I think, had, like, the best public uh, pinball collection on planet Earth. Not only did they have a shitload of games, they had all the rarest, most interesting, and most, like, all the games that tournament players would be interested in. And they were fucking maintained 100% every single game because the top players in the world would come here. And they would have to play on, like, all 600 of these games. Every single rare game, all the greatest games, 100% modded out and playing perfectly. It was perfect. And they shut down in 2021 because of the pandemic. Uh, and I'm Thanks pretty sure pandemic. that collection got parted out. Fucking the saddest tragedy in public uh, pinball of all time. Uh, yeah, the the two best pinball things both got destroyed and shut down. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's what uh, I've so, been to. I mean, in terms of like games, I, there's nothing on the East Coast that compares to Portland. So Portland Retro Game Expo is absolutely worth the trip out. 
So, but Midwestern Gaming Classic, I would like to go to that if your game, perhaps it's in March. I, I looked, it's so it's March, the end of March thirty first to a couple days in April. Is it too much for you to go to two conventions a year? Is what I was trying to ask you. Uh, I'll see. Uh, I, my friend had some kind of plans to go to Disney World in February. I don't know why we're talking about this on the show. I might be going to Disney World in February, in which case it might be too much. But otherwise, I'll I'll let you know next year how I feel. Okay. And then, uh, well, because people plan big trips, uh, you know, months in advance. That's how these things work. I mean, I feel like if you're just going to a convention, you could do that a little bit more last minute because you're just basically getting a hotel and showing up, right? That's true. Um, Anyways, uh, further and last point I want to make about this, especially because this is called Midwestern Gaming Classic. Uh, It's in Milwaukee, right? Which is right on Lake Michigan, which is way more east than it is west, I'm just saying. It's it's so east. It, it is the northeast United States, guys. Don't don't listen to this central bullshit. There's no there's no Midwest there. Get out of here. Just, everyone listening to the podcast, I like I I hate California culture as much as the rest of you. Like this this bullshit going on about the Midwest. These Californians, I don't understand. What what does this have to do with where I live? Because you wouldn't feel this way if you just lived a little closer to the Midwest and you understood it was the Midwest. <laughs> I'm just saying West. It, like if you describe something to me as being oh the Midwest, imagine you're not from here and you tried to tell someone you're like this is you know what the United States looks like and you're like okay there's an area of the United States called the Midwest and you're like oh okay cool is that in the middle the and towards the west then and you're like no it's actually kind of mid-east and you'd be like well what the fuck do you mean then you're like yeah it's also we already have a place called the middle east and it's in asia um and and you're like it's all it's also it's also in africa right also yeah we can't even call the mid-east coast that it's called the mid-atlantic because you're just not allowed to we can't call things the same thing so we got the midwest the mid-atlantic and the mid-east so yeah um, anyways, if you just look at a map and you think about where Milwaukee is, Milwaukee pretty much like is Chicago also in the Midwest then? I Chicago mean, I guess is like say- the most Midwestern city of all yeah. cities. Is it? I thought that was like Cleveland. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is Ohio, but that's also not Midwest. That's just East Coast. Maps are these terminologies are confusing. I already explained the etymology. I understand the etymology. We don't have to fix it. This isn't a list that we have to fix. Tyler, if our goal on the show isn't to fix the list, then what is it? I don't know. I don't. Can we move on? I think we're done with the uh, collecting or ask the podcast. You can, you, can, you can cut that whole bit. The uh, uh, yeah. The next question is a good one, so I'm just going to save it. Um, okay. What what do we do now? We talk about what we're buying, what we're playing. Man, is this show still going on? This is like a morning show, and it is like later in the afternoon for me now. Yeah. Um, we have been. I have been here for over four hours now. Well, maybe yeah, a little bit. We less, were but still. We did research in this. Like yes. this episode is definitely long. We didn't get started. Anyway, two hours. Um, yeah, you you can cut all my shenanigans about the Midwest if you want, but I think people are gonna agree with me when they look at a map. Anyways, um, let's talk about what we bought and what we played. Tyler, do you have anything you wish to publicly reveal to our listeners about what you are buying or perhaps playing? Um, what that I wish to publicly reveal? Are there things I don't publicly reveal? Yes. Uh, okay. I got uh Johnny. I got a um. I got a jewel case quake. I'm looking for that first print. The first print has a different, uh, different modified by file date on the disc. 
Still looking for it. Still looking for it? Uh, I bought... <laughs> Huge purchase here. I bought an NES Rob poster, so one that come in the NES Deluxe set, because uh, I have a Deluxe set that's missing the poster. Inside the Rob poster was a small Rob poster. I got two Rob posters for $15. Very excited about that. Wow, you wow, you did it. There's uh, a joke about not getting robbed, and you, you managed oh, it. Okay, good joke. Didn't laugh. Um, but it was a good joke. I like the pun. And uh, I bought Project Firestart for the Commodore 64, Johnny. There's my big one. Uh, do you even know what Project Firestart is? I feel like we must have discussed it at some point. Mm, no. Go ahead. Tell me. It's a survival horror game for the Commodore 64, mm. but it came out in 1989, yet it kind of oh. has all of the elements of survival horror like clearly it wasn't the influential game that like sweet home or resident evil was it 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 seems like one of those like parallel idea kind of games that it didn't really isn't the game that everyone built their foundation on but here's the one that also had all these same ideas going on uh but yeah it's like it's a side scroller kind of pseudo 3d thing so this game is i would have called it very rare I lost an auction for it that went for an insane price a few months ago. It went for like $500. Like I am absolutely positive that is the most money this game has ever sold for. And I'd been looking for this and no copies came up until that copy came up. Since that $500 sale, I went and I randomly looked on eBay one day. There are just four copies sitting on eBay unsold. I'm guessing because the huge sale just brought a bunch of copies to market. And it's just, it it's beautiful. It's the nature healing itself like oh my god people saw the big sale more copies are coming to market the price is getting driven down uh so just kind of the perfect thing happened is that four copies and that's project fire start not firestorm Firestart. project fire start commodore 64 uh yep and i bet there's at least right. three copies it, it, still on ebay right now this is an alien game is that what this is i mean it really wants you to think it's an alien game <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know it's not, but I mean, that's the premise of the survival yes. horror. It's aliens. It's I'm like, al oh, like, I don't it's have got like the Metroids in tubes kind of thing going on. Like it is, it's an alien yeah. game. <laughs> I, I just was relieved I didn't have to put it on my Halloween list. What? You, aliens don't count as Halloween? Alien does because it's also horror, but just aliens in general what? do not. This is, it's, it's a horror game. Yeah. It, it like just doesn't doesn't aliens don't scream Halloween to me. All right. I mean, I agree. Um, but I, I also think always think of aliens as like a summer thing. It's a summer okay. season. What are me. you? That is the most random association ever. No, like it, look, I, and I do have random associations. Yes, that's true because they're my associations. But like uh, certain things feel seasonal to me, like more seasonal or less seasonal depending on where we are and somehow like some games that I like even might be considered Halloween games like feel more wintry to me uh than Halloween so uh, yeah like games have a feeling and aliens feel summer to me that's because the the you're up late and like the night is bright and you can see a lot and I feel like that's when alien sightings happen and I have no data to back any of that but, but that's alien just stuff happens how at my night is when you get abducted I, I know, but it feels like a, that feels like a summertime thing to me. All right. Like, and uh, like also, if you look at uh, Independence Day, that was definitely a summer movie. Like, you know, just aliens summertime. 
Okay. That's my. I'm not saying I'm right. You're not right, but I understand your logic. Sure. So when do you feel aliens are? You feel like aliens are for every occasion? I mean, I honestly, everything aliens to me comes back to alien and aliens. So if you want, if you want to give them seasons, I'm going to say alien, clearly a Halloween time movie and aliens is a summer movie because it's, it's a big action blockbuster. So I, I agree. I actually agree with your assessment. 100% there. Okay, perfect. And where's alien three lie? I mean, we don't know. Alien three is like a real March movie. Don't you think? Well, I mean, it definitely <laughs> feels like a march if you're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Johnny, I have been playing... Uh, Johnny, I bought Baba Is You for the third time. So I bought it on PC, uh, like, when it came out. Or probably a little after it came out. And then I bought it on Switch because it came up with a physical copy of it. And I've just been craving, wanting to play more of it so much that I bought it on iPad, just a third copy, because I didn't want to have to go to my computer to play it. Um, it, That's so funny that I own the Switch version, and I'm like, you know what? I really need a mobile version of this. I just, I don't play my Switch. I don't like Switch. Uh, I I would rather play a touchscreen swipe game than break out my Switch. How do you feel about that? You are gross. Uh, Baba is you, like, top 10 puzzle game of all time. Uh, there's no question about it. It is such a good game. I love uh, Sakabon, and this is just, it's its taken Sakabon to the a millionth level. It is so good. What does Sakabon tell us? Sakabon is the game where you push boxes around a warehouse and have to end with them in a certain spot. So it's a grid-based box-pushing game. And the idea of it is that it's really easy to like push boxes against the wall into a position where you're not able to get them out. So you have to push these boxes around in a way where you'll be able to maneuver them around a tight warehouse. Okay. And uh, Sakaban adds, uh, uh, Baba is you as a whole like huge layer of logic puzzles on top of that Sakaban core, which it just makes it so good. Everyone buy it. It's like a $12 game. Just just do it. I've talked about just it more than once on the show. Around. What's up? Push those. I said, just push those boxes. You, you're not even pushing boxes. Sometimes you're pushing words. Oh, oh my God! You could do. Man, you could literally push. Anything. Sometimes you can't push the things because they're floating, and then you're like, "Whoa, they're floating! I can't push them." <laughs> just, I can't. I can't believe that. I, I can't believe they would do that to you. It's like trying to describe the witness to someone. You're just like, "It's line puzzles, God, but they're such good line puzzles. You have no idea." And then you complete one, and then you walk up to the next one, and then you do that line puzzle too. And sometimes it's so hard that you have to break out a notebook and start like doing some stuff on paper, and that's it's a lot of fun, I promise. <laughs> I I'm going to I'm going to take your word for it. Uh one final thing I'll mention while I was uh I was discussing this in a, a VGS thread and someone said that they don't enjoy Professor Layton, but they liked buying a used copy where someone had already beaten the game and just playing the puzzles and skipping all the story bullshit. And I was thinking like that, that might be a solid way to play the Professor Layton games. I like the story bullshit, but you know, a lot of times I'm just there for the puzzles. Hmm. So you don't you don't want yours dressed up, you just want to get to the meat. Yeah. I I have had an emotional reaction to a Professor Layton cutscene. Man, whatever, like, the third or fourth game where he takes off his hat and there's, like, a sword fight and, like, there's some cool shit that happens in the Professor Layton games. But, like, also, like, kind of fuck all of it. Just give me some matchstick puzzles. Okay. What have you, you know, done, 
you know, all I can think about, and I know, I'm sorry, I've been like being a bad listener a little bit, but you've got my brain spinning so much on like the seasonality of things. So like, and I have this whole idea of like what I consider seasonal because there's certain horror movies I like consider like completely like seasonal that I just want to like keep talking to you about it and get your opinion. Um, but that sounds like after dark content. That sure does. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what have I been playing? Hey, Tyler, you know what I haven't been playing? You want to know what I haven't been playing at all? What? The Last of Us 2, Tyler. <laughs> I have not fucking just... God damn, I'm so fucking angry. I'm so angry about it, Tyler. I, I filed a support ticket. Oh, wow. I'm sure they're going to get right on fixing that. Nothing. They've <laughs> never said... They did even respond with a generic, we've received your ticket. Nothing. I've tried so many things. Just, really... I mean, Johnny, you're you are an old school gamer. Just fucking bite the bullet and replay the game. But there's no guarantee that it will be fixed when All I get right. there. Oh, you're so fucked! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. It's oh. like I would just do that. That was my first instinct, and then I had the second thought, which was, "Oh shit, what if what if I get here and it's still broken?" Oh man. That would be the biggest tragedy. But you know what? You just had more fun with the game that you love. But I just, yeah, you're I'm fucked. so You're never going to want to replay the game now. I know. It's <laughs> fucked me. And I think, like, there's people who really dislike The Last of Us 2. And I think The Last of Us 2 is kind of amazing. I, I, I think it is more, like... It's more of an artistic game as far as what the story is trying to do than The Last of Us 1. That doesn't mean I think it's better than The Last of Us 1. No one go crazy because I like The Last of Us 1 better. I think it's a better paced game. And I think more things like more things happening tighter and the story is more relatable. So yeah, Last of Us 1 better. But what The Last of Us 2 tries to do, I find to be incredibly interesting. And the fact that I don't get to experience the the penal like I'm at the penultimate point, right? And I don't get to get to that that moment that that moment that Ellie has which makes like it, the whole series which wraps up the whole series is, is very frustrating and yes I know what happens and yes I could watch a YouTube video but there is something to be said for doing it myself because if I could just watch a YouTube video I would just do that for all the games but the point is I like to do it myself it's not to say that I won't watch a YouTube video of some stuff but that's why I buy the game to play it, or we would all just watch YouTube videos. That's why it's called playing a video game and not watching a video game. I mean, if there's yes. ever a game that you basically watch instead of play, Last of Us 2. Metal Gear 4, gotcha. Um, yeah, I mean, this it's the same thing. Last of Us Part 2 and Metal Gear Solid 4. Like, both really solid gameplay, and both, like, kind of don't let you use the gameplay as much as it could. <laughs> yeah. But also, Last I, of Us 2 is, is a lot longer. It, so, are you in the in that like really final like epilogue kind of area i'm in santa barbara okay so you're basically in the part of the I, game where the game would be better if it just didn't exist <laughs> like they well, should have chopped that out of the game i don't know if that's true i i think it should have like i think you could have ended it where where nothing had a conclusion and then made it but this but the point of the game like we could get into like what the theory craft of the game is and like what that final point is and why that epilogue happens and i don't know why i'm talking like they're like it's spoilers but i'm i'm trying not to but uh, I, I i don't need to do that spoilers if you haven't played the last of us too anyways so ellie getting there to abby at the end in santa barbara there there's all this stuff that happens right 
Uh, so if Abby had killed Ellie when she had the chance, right? Both times that would have led to Abby not being saved by Ellie. So it's all, this is crucial and it's all becomes like, and Ellie keeps like, uh, one of the constant refrains from Ellie in the first and second game is like, it can't be all be for nothing, but that's what revenge is. So the minute you engage in a revenge fantasy or a revenge tale, it is all for nothing. And that, that's the point. All these people died and all these horrible things happened to all the people involved and all the people that got dragged into it and it was all for nothing. It never needed to happen. It's all... And that and that's like... That's them breaking the cycle at the very end. At the very final moment realizing we've done this and it has been all for nothing. And only in that point of realization that all this has been for nothing and nothing has been accomplished can they sit there and look and go... Nope, we can't continue. We can't continue the cycle. It needs to break. And that allows Ellie to go. So, and Abby realizes it before Ellie. Abby, when Ellie gets her, is just grateful to get off that pillar. And, you know, Ellie makes it a thing that she has to do this because she's got this thing. I have to do this for Joel. I have to do this thing for Tommy. I've got, I've got to take this revenge but breaks it. And then you see that end scene, like she loses her finger, which now she can no longer go and play the guitar that Joel left her. So the interesting thing is at the end of the game, if you're looking very carefully and like some of the theory about it is when she's walking back into her, her homestead, which is uh, outside of, outside of Jackson, you know, her and Dina have this house that Dina has left. If you've read everything, you know that the, there was a letter from Dina's uh, or not from Dina, from her the father of the baby who died in this revenge tale, um, her those, those parents telling Dina there's always a place for her and Ellie in Jackson if they want to come back. So we see Ellie coming back, and you assume that it's right after she's left Santa Barbara. But there is no evidence, and Last of Us likes to play with the time jumps like that. There's no evidence that it's right after Santa Barbara. In fact, there is counter evidence that it is not right after Santa Barbara. Like people assume that she just got on the a boat, left, and made the long march back. But that's not true. Ellie had most of her is healed. Her she's recovered too much, and she's obtained the bracelet that Dina gave her, which she would have had to go back and find. So you can make the assumption that uh, the the end. Ellie has made this realization, and she's just going back to the house for one last look around because she's closed that chapter off of her life, which, uh, you know, and she's come to peace with the idea of what Joel did and how he saved her and what her life is moving forward and how she can live a meaningful life in, in totality now that all of this is over. So there's a lot of interesting things. While I agree, yes, you could have left that out. Maybe the game isn't better for it, but it is a more poignant point. I'm just saying... Even if you leave it in, it doesn't have to be another like five hours on top of a game that's already gone on for 25 it, it, hours. You know what? It it feels like it's that long, but it really isn't. It, it It's like 45 minutes of gameplay, but there's a lot of story that takes place, which, which feels like it drags out, but there's like 40 minutes of gameplay. And I am right at the point where you climb a train car. You go into a train car and then you climb up like a a, a liquid containing train car, um, like a ga- one that would haul gas or oil. You climb up it and then you go into the final compound 
before you can go down to the pillar. So you're, I'm already at the point where I've like passed their security. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking. I know exactly like the ladder that you're stuck on. (laughs) Yeah, it is the like the very last like I'm to the final gunplay stuff, and this fucking happens. It's very frustrating. Uh, did and you again, actually uh, know, play anything, or is that just the one game you didn't play, Johnny? No, that's I played Magic Online. Is that a video game? Uh, you didn't. You played be? Magic Arena, which is the child's version of Magic Online, which I have to say, because uh, my entire digital Magic collection is in Magic Online, so I have to pretend that that's the real version. Okay, so uh, even if you're pretending that, uh, is it a video game? Yeah, what are you talking about? Magic Online, Magic Arena are video games? Yeah. Okay, so I played a video game. I played Magic Online. I did some drafts with the Arena Cube. That's what I did. Good job. There. Oh, and I also played a bunch of Constructed over the last like week and uh, just about to hit Mythic, a Mythic rank. <laughs> Everyone's really Ooh. proud of you. Yeah. No. No one gives a shit. <laughs> no one. No one cares. I, I was like, is that, the, is that the highest rank? Yeah, it's the highest rank. Oh. Um, I uh, I've had insomnia, so. During my bouts of insomnia, I've gone in and played video games. Anyways, that's it. And what did I buy, Tyler? I bought some Halloween games because we're getting to that point. I, I had this like whole Halloween list, easy done. Bought the games. I was going to be like, I want to be more relatable, and I want to just buy like modern stuff that people can go buy. And I think I thought that was like a good premise. So I got like a bunch of uh, Switch games, a bunch of Xbox games, and a bunch of like PS4 games to be like, hey, look, because like last time I showcased the PS2. Um, I'm like, oh, I'll showcase the PS4. Like, this is stuff people can go buy and play on their PS5 and stuff now. Like, that'll be cool. And then, like, of course, I'm like, I wasn't satisfied. And I start wandering into weird stuff or, like, expensive computer stuff. So, you know, I, I can't I can't help myself, Tyler. Like, uh, I can spoil it. But I bought, like, a Maniac Mansion. You know, it just... And I've, like, really targeted some expensive games that I don't want to spend, like, $300 on games that nobody has ever heard of. And I'm going to post it. No one's going to care. no, get into the club. Let's spend $300 on games no one's ever heard of, Johnny. Yeah, all the time. Like, and I have got a bunch of them that I want. And, like, and there's a bunch that I want that are, like, $150, $200. Let's, yeah, just, Tyler... I'm I'm in the weeds. I'm like looking at all this weird Commodore 64 stuff from Europe only. Like, come on, man. Like, what am I doing? No one cares about this. And I know I only do it for me, but I'm just like, what am I? I'm an insane person. What am I doing? Is that how you feel all the time? I mean, no, I think it's great. I love the stuff that I buy, Johnny. I, I think it's I, so cool. I love the stuff that I buy too, but <laughs> do, you don't feel like an insane person? Uh I mean, generally, everything I buy, I have, like, one person that I could share it with who actually cares, who thinks it's, like, cool. And, like, you know, as long as there's one person I could share it with, I don't feel like an absolutely crazy person. I mean, I have a whole podcast of people I know in, like, a certain dedicated group that are going to like the Halloween stuff. But, like, man, it just, like, I'm really looking at a Personal Nightmare. Do you remember we talked about Personal Nightmare on the last Halloween episode, yeah. I think? Which is, uh, you know... Uh, from uh, just ridiculous because the whole selling point of it is uh, Elvira being scantily clad in a seductive pose on the box cover, but she is not in the game. Yes. It's like a soft game. You you might almost call it Elvira presents personal nightmare. Yes. Um, Absolutely. But that, uh, Uh, is that an expensive game? That's a a DOS Amiga game. It looks like, right? So yeah. Like so if you find like some copies are expensive, like and no, I I can't find like a reasonable one. But like that's a game that's on my list, as are the rest of the Elvira games, and they're all like 
kind of expensive. The first two copies that I brought up uh, are from a known uh, UK reseller guy. $472 and $413, depending on which variant you want. Yep. Woo! Oh, one of those is sealed, and there's no other copies. Awesome. Yep. And no copies in sold. Damn, good luck getting well, this game. Yeah, and like, and you want the <laughs> copy, as we've said, you want the copy with Elvira on it, not with the guy screaming on it. Who cares about the guy yeah, screaming? Go get, go get it. It's sealed. Just 500 bucks. Come on. In terms of modern day sealed prices, that's nothing. Just go get it. I know. Uh, <laughs> but but by the way, when I say personal night, there's like a, a guy screaming copy. So I want to be clear. Like, yes, Elvira is on the cover of that, but there is a version, a white box like a white PC box version of it where Elvira is huge on it. She is like, there's like a gravestone with like eyes looking and Elvira. And that's like the whole box. No, no guy screaming. It's, it's the majority of the box. I'm worried. Is that a re-release? It's so dumb and bad. The red one. Yeah. Oh, is the red one or the white one a re-release? The, I think the red one is oh, the re-release. Okay. Or maybe, um, that's See, an I interesting question. I think the question. white one is because they don't have to advertise the game anymore. They're just like, buy this thing. It has Elvira on it. Who cares if it's yeah, a video I, game? I don't, you know, uh, it could be different territory release too. It, we'll have to look into it. All right. Anyways, um, that's that's it. And that's uh, it for the show. Whoa. Yeah. Who? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, I like, rough ending. <laughs> I bought my wife some pops. Uh, nothing exciting. Like I bought the exciting video games. I bought. I'll, I'll talk about for Halloween. All right. Uh, so uh, Tyler, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on the video game sage and Discord and Instagram. Default Gen, default G-E-N. Just find a way to message me. All right. And you can find me on our Discord and uh, on Instagram occasionally, though I haven't posted in a couple of months. I, I did have a silly post there because someone did reach out to me genuinely asking if I was okay because I hadn't posted. And that's when I got to post uh, silly bands. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I am okay. And uh, you can still message me there. I still respond. I just... Haven't felt inclined to post anything, mostly because I'm buying Halloween stuff. All right, that's it for the show. Thanks so much for listening and uh, trying to find a way to pretend you care about dinosaur games. We appreciate it. <laughs> that's it. Bye. That's our show. You know, this episode has been delayed two days just because I've been unable to record the outro bit. So you know what? The patrons will get a shout out when they get a shout out. Uh, thank you to 8-Bit for our music, 8bit.bandcamp.com. He does our intro music. Check out his album. He's doing his his bi-yearly uh, self-promotion, apparently. Uh, Richard, patron number one, Bowden, and the other 75 of you, uh, I love you. I'll do the shout-outs next week. I also think we have new patrons. Oh, my God. Um, thank you guys so much.